Where's the Barrett puppet? You uh, said well, you wanted to do this. Nobody can see it. Nobody can see All it. All right. I'm just saying you've got a chance right now. Is it somewhere it shouldn't be? <laughs> <laughs> if it's a Barrett puppet, probably. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Drinking tea. What, what did you say? What? I said drinking tea. Oh, okay. Oh, it didn't come through minty. for some reason. Wait, wait, what did it sound like I said? Minty. <laughs> minty. That's what it sounds like I'm minty. Like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Super minty today. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Various other things we do uh, inside That's that true. universe. Uh, it's it is it is a fun little crew, and we've each got our our hats that we put on and take off as the the job requires it. I like how whenever I was officially hired on, like one of my job expectations is to do this show. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's like it's actually written down in the bullet points of things that I do. Right. And it's like you know, stay well, on BTS to, uh, and make it work. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys. I mean, I'm sure people that listen to this. If you listen to Sincast, you've noticed that they've been getting to interview a lot of uh, uh, directors and writers and stuff. And Aaron and I have been on a couple of those. And uh, I got to run my own interview yesterday, and <gasps> which was really fun. But now I realize Barrett's going to be like, "Oh, you can handle this." <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. and I've already I've already possibly been assigned another one. So I'm like that's cool, mm-hmm. but it's but I mean I'm not gonna sit there. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm never gonna complain about getting to talk. To, uh, what you what uh, you creators. should do? So much you fun. should demand your job title or your job description in a bullet point. That's and right. Then you'll... <laughs> or I'm just gonna do a really bad job on the edit, and then you <laughs> leave me alone. Hey, I used that trick with laundry early in my marriage. It works. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Danae's uh, job description has bullet point one. Tell poop stories on a podcast. <laughs> okay, listen. I tried not to tell a poop story, more a bathroom story. But okay. that's in the outtakes, and now you're the one talking that's about That's right. Take outtakes. a drink. Take a drink. We mentioned an outtake. Uh, I, I, before we go on to the actual show, though, I will say, if you ever do get a description of your job, and it says bullet point, et cetera, just have them define etc. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. What does etc. mean? What do you What do you charge? How do you itemize etc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I had a job where in the job description and and Danae, I think you had this too. Maybe this is what you're talking about. But the job description, the final bullet point is whatever else management deems necessary. And I was like, uh, that's a little uh-huh. broad. Like you know, <laughs> come into my office and close the door, please. You know, like there's there's a lot of things management could quote unquote deem necessary so (laughs) can we just not have this last one yeah i know you think you're being clever and i know there's a lot of little tasks i might have to do but uh let's not sign on to giving you free carte blanche on anything uh Uh, get it in writing people get it in writing that's right let's move on move on we just started the show (laughs) (laughs) let's Get started. Let's get it started with this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we're sending in general. Kicking it off with TV sins. Uh, we'll, we've got another little run of The Office going on um, with stress relief. And uh, did we ever figure out who wrote? The, I know I for sure. I was going to sure. say, this was... This was so long ago, we don't know who wrote on it. Yeah, this was <laughs> It has to April. be the two of you. Yeah. So, well, hold on. So, did you really have a script for this? Well, yeah, that but happen? It, it's only for the first 
like the you, first part of the show. Maybe because... you thought you were writing on oh, it, and you weren't. I know, I know what it was. I believe we re we re uh, we moved stuff around on these, and I think yeah. maybe you had started it, and then you had a lot. I think you had a you had an insane amount of stuff going on. You were like moving. Was it this that's around right. when you were moving? I think we yeah. just reassigned to help you out. So yeah, maybe you that had already started right. on it. And okay. also, also, notoriously, you hate The Office, so I'm sure you weren't uh, too upset at not having to write on this one. Uh, I knew for sure that I wrote on it, and reading it, I remember a couple sins that, that you wrote, Jonathan, as well. So I knew the two of us. That's good, because nothing sounded familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I like your stuff in this video. Uh, that, yeah, when we when when I got it, it's so weird because I have such a memory of sinning the first part when Dwight like does the whole like sets the place on fire mm -hmm. and then traps them all inside to test. But I remember nothing from the second half at all. Like, I don't remember any of it whatsoever. So then I realized what we were talking about, which was it must have been passed off partway through. Um, my sins were terrible, though, so it, it was super <laughs> fine. But yes, I, I do have I do have a working script, I guess. Uh, I uploaded it to my drive where I keep like all my scripts mm -hmm. or try to keep all my scripts so I can kind of go back and remember stuff. <laughs> so yeah yeah anyway <laughs> did you read them back this was I, like i said i think we finished the script up about three months ago um so you know covid was just kind of kicking into full gear you know it'd been a month of knowing this was a big deal um that kind of thing did you go back and read what you had written and and just be like man i've grown so much you know and how i write things <laughs> and because that's what i do if i can read a script from two months ago and be like oh i would do that differently now um, mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I wondered if oh, you had the same yeah. experience. I just take, I just take sends from previous scripts and hope people don't notice. <laughs> Copy paste. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's something that I recognize in the last couple of episodes that we've done too, where I can tell that I feel more confident, but it, office is one of those where it is an immediate mood damper for me. So I have such a different level of struggle to write on the office scripts because I, they just, kill my they kill my writing libido well you so know let's say. talk about this right now even though we're we'll get to community next i think you had a similar experience with community too you you hated the pilot of community you hated the people in it and it got under your skin in a way that there was legitimate like malice for vitriol. this show yeah vitriol yeah. right so is that was um, it vitriol or is it vitriol um i'm probably Vit it's, it's probably vitriol Vit in british you know we had, they had syllables <laughs> I, vitriol. I don't know. oh no there's a, i didn't realize that there was an i in yeah. there Vitriol. Yeah, there's an I in there. I, I always vitriol. pronounce it vitriol. Um, vitriol. Okay, well, I, I learned new things. Thanks for not judging me, yo. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. But it, but these both, the office and now community, put you in a place where I think the idea as a writer is like, okay, I hate this, and it's okay to sin things that I hate, but it still has to be fun for the audience, right? Like in so like, how have you balanced that as a you know new writer figuring out? How to take maybe enough sting out of it that it's that somebody who loves community because there are a lot of people who love community. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't feel like, oh, they're just crapping on what I love. I have to I've, I'm learning. I have to just watch it once mm -hmm. and then I have to go back to it. And for for whatever reason, I'm able to like have a different level of separation because I'm not investing in trying to figure out what's going on. I, I'm such a uh, problem solver 
just by nature, I like to figure things out. I'm a puzzle person. And so when I'm watching a storyline develop or whatever I'm, you know, watching or, or interacting with, if I can get past that part where I'm just trying to get to the end to figure out the answer and, I, and I'm really super hyper invested in it, then I think I can go back and give a different level of uh, distance between my personal investment and then a writing perspective. Right. And, and so I've, I'm learning that I have to, like on my first pass, just make some like mental notes or make a couple bullet points of things that I'm noticing that might turn into a sin later and then go back and write. Um, it's actually happened on um, an Avatar uh, one, uh, a script that I was writing on where it wasn't that I hated it. It was more like, I don't think there's anything here. And God bless Aaron. I literally write this man like probably twice a month <laughs> going, I don't think this is a good idea for us to send this one. And he'll say, I watched it. I think there's some stuff we can work with. You'll give me some like, not writing points, but more like try to find that funny space in your brain. And I'm like, it's, it's not there. Everything is too serious. It's all caving in around me. And I have like a panic attack. Not really, but I have like a, like a, this turmoil that comes in. And then I went back and I was like, I found my groove, which was super surprising to me. But I think it's because I watch it once and then I go back and I have a different angle. Nice. Uh, let's yeah. talk about the uh, the Sins video itself. Unless unless we have things to say about this particular episode, I don't know that I do. Jonathan, do you have anything you know, to say about no, the episode I mean, Stress it was, Relief? It was, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, well, you know, I thought there was plenty to send. I, I will, I agree. Um, I don't know that it's because I hate it. I think I'm somewhere in between you two. I do find this to be a hard show to send for some reason. I can't, it usually takes me, I usually have to watch these episodes a few times more than other ones. Yeah. I would say. And I don't know why exactly that is. Maybe because it's so overtly dumb on purpose yeah. that at some point all you're doing is being like, you know, that's stupid. Well, it's supposed to be stupid. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It is finding your way around the that's the joke. Like you don't just want to restate yeah. the joke the show well, is doing. And we have so. a couple of sins in here about that because you, you, I think you wrote those too about Michael, just the, the comments he's making. And you're just mm -hmm. like, you know, there's at some point where you just got to be like, no, <laughs> like, what, <laughs> yeah. what am I doing? I mean, what are we doing? with the comedy here so in this episode uh there's a a fire that's sort of staged to test like the safety stuff that's going mm -hmm. on but then stanley has a heart attack right mm -hmm. and then michael basically like amps up to try to counteract the stress level of the office but then also there's this jack black thing going on with a weird movie that was downloaded and some confusion with between pam this was a super bowl episode we should mention too so this was oh, that's okay. why you have the guest stars and yeah stuff this is it. a big this was a big oh. everybody watch the office it's on after the super bowl gotcha. this was a big like event episode now because i didn't send the latter part of it i think i i think i watched up till most of the the weird movie kind of was airing on the show itself but then like beyond that where there's like a hug between jim and pam at the end what was that about because i i missed that it's a really sweet jim and pam thing where um i think pam's pam's parents uh end up separating or going through a divorce or they're something. they're at that i think they're if i remember correctly they're he's staying her dad is staying with them they're they're just they're having like a small separation he hasn't they haven't made any decisions yet and, and then Jim talks to him and then he goes and tells Pam, I'm going to get it. I'm going to divorce your mom. So she thinks that she thinks that Jim has said something awful. Oh, but what she okay. and she wonders at how well, what is Jim going to you know keep for me or say to me or think of me later? But then she finds out what 
what he told her dad what he told her dad was that how much he loved Pam. And in that, the dad realized he didn't love his wife anymore. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So I mean, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. I mean, it was sad, but sweet. <laughs> And they're they're one of the highlights of the series. I mean, I, I right. think so. I you yeah. know they're one of my favorite things. I I, it, I hadn't really seen a show so easily transition from will they won't they to they mm-hmm. did and to make it work. Uh, that's a very hard thing to do. It's so good. It kind of irritates me that they're not married in real life. <laughs> like <laughs> like I'm just like. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, what, what, what is, what is, uh, what's his wife? Emily it's, Blunt. Uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, I'm just like Emily Blunt. You're you homewrecker. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, and she was married to James Gunn for a while. I don't. Yeah. I, I think she's just married to like a writer or something now. Yeah. Uh, let's go into the video itself, uh, Danae. Since you didn't write on this, uh, at least not fully, why don't you kick us off with uh, some of your thoughts on the videos? When she said she had a script for, it, she's like, "I guess you guys just hated my script so much you didn't put any of it in." Like that's something we've ever done. <laughs> I'm telling you, I still struggle with self doubt. You know, like I was reading the sense that I thought that I wrote. I'm like, these are pretty bad. So, like, you know. It, now I understand that it was just my notes one. It wasn't mm-hmm. a final because there are literally three sins on there where it's just the lead in of whatever is being said on screen. And then there's <laughs> nothing afterwards. There's no sin written. It's just like. To be fair, sometimes you do send those. <laughs> I do. I do. There's something here. I don't know what it is. Maybe we can find something. <laughs> Uh, um, I liked all of the sinning of the, uh, the whole like fire sequence. Like you did light an actual fire. So Mm -hmm. what are we doing with any of the actual fire stuff? That was really, really fun for me. The pointing out like the, the movie part, like how odd that was. I have to tell you, because I was watching this for the first time and I was also trying to figure out why I thought I wrote on this and didn't, I really didn't absorb a lot. So um anyways uh i the only ones that i really like wrote down to reference back to was like the pam zinger that you guys mm-hmm. pointed out because i was watching that going that's pretty funny why don't i remember any of this <laughs> <laughs> so i was a bit distracted on this one so i'll hand it back over to you guys what about you jonathan uh just going off the fire thing i think aaron wrote a lot of that stuff because i really like how because aaron's the one that always goes after the camera crews and these fake documentaries and or these fake mockumentaries or whatever and stuff and uh just the fact that they wouldn't be helping like it's like they could die in the fire so why wouldn't they <laughs> right why would you set not your camera down from it's like so like if, if like yeah if dwight was about to murder somebody would they just let it go you know like yeah. would they just would they yeah. just be like we're good with that <laughs> But I thought that was good. Um, the the uh, the homophobic slur, and then I love that Jeremy's reading of. I don't even. I mean, he just sighs. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was. Yeah, Michael that was perfect. Wrote was I think I wrote that, but I thought that was great. Now that I now that I think about it, I'm sure I wrote that one. Yeah, that was um, one of my favorites, by the way. The Michael she wrote. <laughs> when I read that in the script, I was like, that's like one of two or three that I have written down. I was just like, that is that is so perfect. <laughs> but if anyone's got, I mean, it's like if it's a murder she wrote, sin, there's a 95 percent chance <laughs> I wrote it. Just FYI. Um, and then the whole thing that led to you know, because I just I really can't stand Ed Helms on the show, and just the whole thing that led to the Ed Helms is this century's Marlon Brando, and then. And um, Aaron's uh, thing at the end was great. The Scientology boom roasted. Yes, yeah. that was so good. Scientology boom. Yeah. Oh, and the three shirts, which when I saw the three shirts sent at first, like, oh, wait, did Danae write on this one? And then, but then I, I think I kind of <laughs> remembered that Aaron wrote that. Look, that's uh, a real life what? sin. 
I don't understand yeah. why people do that. I'm like, you know. Well, you don't understand why people wear underwear. So, well, that's I mean... true. I don't understand why people wear more than two items of clothing. I don't get it. Cover your lower half, cover clothing. your upper half, you're good. Like, Wait, so you don't you don't wear an undershirt ever like when you're wearing like a like a button-up? Yes, I will occasionally okay. wear an un, like a t-shirt or something under a yeah, button-up yeah, yeah. or something like that. Um, but I like three layers like that's Aaron's so wearing weird. a V-neck and the chest hair is just popping out he's yeah like, ha, chest hair the- as if that's something i've ever had it's amazing <laughs> to think of me with chest hair well even better your your pale white uh yeah you know yeah exactly skin is popping out nice. my, my wife recently bought a v-neck me a v-neck t-shirt which i'm wearing right now i mean it's not an extreme v or anything yeah. but and i was like i don't know it's a lot of adam's apple that you know it dips pretty low i'm gonna distract the ladies uh <laughs> So. Yeah, what is up with the Adam's apple? Like that serves is that serve any function? Like they're so <laughs> of annoying. Of course it does. It helps you swallow your food. Well, women don't have them. Yes, they do. I, I think I think ours is just less pronounced. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the it's same a, way that so it's kind of it's kind of like how guys like guys technically have hips, but right, it's it's yeah. the hormonal changes of the body structure. For instance, jawline is another one. There's a hormonal change with okay. men that makes then the jawline more prominent. Why can't we have the prominent. internal Adam apple? Adam's apple. <laughs> you don't like your Adam's apple? No, not really. Okay, fair Aww. enough. well, it's there I don't for. Like a lot of things. I don't like a lot of things about me, but that's a whole other podcast. Aww. Let's all take a moment and send Jonathan positive vibes. You are good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it. I'm glad I have really thick hair. That makes me think I'm not. There you go. There you go. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, I had Michael, she wrote, written down. um, The iPod mini slash shuffle thing was fun for me. There was there were a lot of there are a lot of comments on one of my favorite comments. I hope I'm not stealing it for anybody from the comment section. But Mm. somebody was like, uh, you know, uh, sure. But if Pam had used the iPod mini, you would have sinned her for it not being the smallest version of the iPad. And then in a response, I just wrote, as TV sins, uh, can confirm. <laughs> like, because you're absolutely right. 100%. That's what we do. Like, you get it. You got it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that it, one. <laughs> I enjoyed that one quite a quite a lot. So, so yeah. So, there we go. That is uh, the latest episode okay, of The Okay, end Office. of the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's move on to Community. We did the pilot of Community. This was a Dicer Hughes script, legitimately. Fuck this uh, show! Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Danae oh, hates this show. Uh, no, this, I don't, this, this I don't pilot's bad. I'm, I, I do not I do enjoy not disagree it. with you. This pilot's bad. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't mind the pilot. Um, it wasn't, it's, it's not my it's, favorite, uh, but it, it introduced me to- It suffers from the ca- same thing. Sorry. No, what? you're you're very you're you're champing at the bit, and I get it. So go, go ahead. Like, no, 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 no. Unleash. I want you to say what you're gonna say. Well, I I I think the pilot introduces me to characters that I am very interested in where it wants to take them. I love mm-hmm. Abed. Like I fell in love with Abed immediately. In fact, I remember watching this pilot with my wife. And we both were like, we're going to keep watching the show just so we can, you know, watch Abed. And Troy became very much, Troy isn't as much a part of the uh, pilot as, you know, he eventually becomes, I don't think. Um, I th- or Annie. Or or Annie, yeah. And I just, yeah. I, I just remember thinking, I'm interested in where this is going because I find glimmers of interest in these characters. Uh, and the show delivered on that for me. Like within mm-hmm. three or four episodes, I was like, this is a great show. I love this. Yeah, I, it, get, it gets better quick. Yeah, very um, quick. It, or it finds its, it finds its, whether you want to go on the journey with these people, it finds its voice very quickly. Yeah, yeah. For for me, but but Danae, I do want to hear like yeah, your sure. your vitriol 
uh, as it were. It's the same, I think, that we've talked about and identified before is if I'm, I'm not finding a character to root for, I'm like, well, I don't know. But it does have an interesting cast, like the diversity of the cast. That's an interesting thing to kind of come back to. And I understand that like a pilot is just an introduction to here's what we're trying to go for. You know, here's the mm-hmm. general vibe of what this show can be. And I do agree with Aaron, uh, his opinion. Like you probably want to give every show like three episodes to sort of really understand if it's something that you're going to enjoy or not. So if you guys are right, I'm sure you are, that this really like hits a different level and starts to kind of swerve and get into its groove by, you know, the few episodes into the first season, maybe I would find something. Uh, I did think that Abed was my, he was my favorite. Like just the way that the actor delivers his lines, the, the, like the vibe that he puts out. That's the only character I really am interested to go back and, and interact with, I think. Um, he, but uh, one, but one person out of a large cast isn't a lot, right? So I don't know. Sure. Him and Donald Glover though play off each other really well. The show figures that out quickly, and God, the Abed and Troy in the morning. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Their their morning show is great. It's so much fun. But I don't know that I ever just full on was in love with this show. I watched every season except for the the YouTube one. I did not watch that one. I assume that's on Netflix. I might. But, yeah. And I, think I don't it was know Yahoo. I think it was Yahoo. Not Yahoo, YouTube. Yahoo, yeah. that's right. And I don't know that I feel a strong desire to go back and rewatch it, but I remember enjoying it when it was on. Um, there were certain characters that were better than others. Like, I, for instance, I, I don't think Britta ends up becoming a very, like, she's kind of one of the main characters in the pilot, but then throughout the show, she be, kind of becomes less important. Although I guess they do kind of bring her back towards the end because when people start leaving, she's still there. Um, yeah. But, uh, and uh, you know, I thought, she, I like, I really like Chevy Chase on the show. I did too. That was weird though because you could kind of see that offset problem in the show itself as the show went on he you Um, you, it was weird yeah you could see him losing interest real quick uh yeah and that he didn't want to be there um yeah this show is famous for offset you know problems but but i also like i think nbc because it wasn't a huge hit but it was liked enough they wanted to keep it on but i don't think they were really paying that much attention to it so i feel like i feel like harman was able to kind of get away with some stuff that mm-hmm. maybe he wouldn't have been able to if it had been a huge hit but uh the highlight though definitely for me is the um the paint gun oh the paintball stuff is so great and danae i was going to tell you uh and i don't think you ever will because i know you, you hate this show but this show goes to some places that you would find fun there's an entire mm-hmm. claymation episode uh yep. that they run with the characters uh there's an entire arc that's really fun about Dungeons and Dragons, about them playing Dungeons and Dragons together. Oh yes, there is. Um, and that's really fun. Although you may have trouble finding those episodes because in one of them, Chang, a character who you haven't been uh, introduced to, could now be seen as doing blackface. And we know there's been a lot of that in the news about different shows cutting stuff like that. But there is a moment in one of those shows where I think they have basically removed that show from you know, the streaming services because of that. So I could be wrong about well, that, but if I'm remembering it correctly. That sounds right. I do wanna I do wanna say why I don't like the show, um, specifically. I think the lead character is just like he's everything I don't like. <laughs> In a way, I, well, I don't think you're supposed. I don't think you're supposed a, to like him, though. Like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't right, think that then, show, that show kinda, never. The show never like ingratiates him in any way. But I'm kind of tired of of shows presenting the main character mm-hmm. as someone you're not supposed to like. Like, I, yeah. I, I like, I like wanting to root for the. 
person that they're putting in the lead. You know, and here's this clearly very privileged white guy mm-hmm. who is trying to skate through. He's trying to cheat. He's, you know, lying to everybody. And for some reason, every, everyone's just giving him a pass. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it's written. I understand this isn't real life. But also at the same time, maybe it does reflect real life. And this is the kind of guy I don't like. I don't want to be mm-hmm. around people like that. And the way that he treats Britta like she's just a thing. She's just this beautiful thing to conquer. It makes me physically ill. And so watching it happen and and then watching Britta, who's kind of like supposed to be a strong person and has her guard up and everything, and they're already in the first episode playing around that she's going to let her guard down. Whether they did or not, I don't care. But there's nothing about her. Like she even says, like, if you lie to me, you're done. I'm not interested in dating. Like the whole thing is like, I'll take you out for a date if you let me do this. It's like, I don't know. That kind of like bullshit relationship starter stuff. It's like, don't, when does that, if that works in real life, which I don't know that it does, but if that works in real life, it's not with a character like Britta who is aware of that shit she's aware that she's mm-hmm. somebody that gets hit on she's not interested in being hit on and he just keeps bowling over her boundaries over and over and over again and then at one point in time i was so mad he like blames her for it and thank god that sin made it into the script because i was gonna fight for that one there's a you know like i'm starts i'm getting pissed just thinking about it but <laughs> he, but they, they never do have a relationship on the show though they least. do sleep right. together but they don't really have any kind yeah, of but that, relationship that's in the sure. paintball one i think right yeah i think so but yeah. still but but still, there. Like at one point, he's like, you know, he he accuses her of wasting his time, which to me is that his time is being wasted because all he's in it for is the fuck, right? And she's wasting his time by like leading him on that there might be a date later on or something, right? Yeah. Like the implication of she's wasting my time and his. The only reason he's investing in any of this is to get a date. It, it, that's really disgusting. Yeah, so. no, totally. And we and we talk about this in in man. We've we've brought this up in sins from stuff like this to the Disney's planes. You know, the idea of that. You know, the male just you know you keep trying to conquer. You keep trying to just keep at it, and eventually they'll give in. Like that's that is a huge part of what pop culture has taught. Uh, men, even just subconsciously, is like, you know, women are to be pursued. And if they say no, what they mean is keep trying. Conquer me. Yeah. yeah, I've always just been like, no, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I move on. But and, um, I will say for this is a this is one episode though. This is a pilot, so. But still, the vibe is there, and that vibe inside of writing pisses me off. It's like let's bring yeah. something else to the table. Oh, 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 and my rant is almost over. But let's no, also fine. talk about the last few minutes of this pilot. They spend the whole first time creating turmoil and chaos, and you got this leader who's just this smarmy lying dick. And then all of the sudden they flip it into this like congealed, you know, breakfast club, like friendship group conquering the world. And it's such bullshit. If somebody wasted my day lying to me about how I might be able to get helped in my Spanish class and then he got caught lying and then you go out there and you find him pouting on the steps, but then you invite him back into the group to lead it. I just do not understand that. And I don't understand how any of the characters would like have this heart moment with this guy. I mean, I definitely give people more chances than they quote unquote deserve in my real life. And so I'm not saying that that's impossible. I'm just saying like, I don't understand why he suddenly becomes the white man savior of this moment and starts doling out wisdom, which is just all like 
it's just bullshit. Like just coming out of his mouth, he's giving advice to this person here. And like, why would anyone come to him for that? Like, why why is Daniel but Glover's you- character going, hey, dude, why do you think people think I should, like, I like this jacket, but if I stop wearing it, it's like, why are you asking him for advice? You have friends. Go ask your real life friends. Don't ask this white dude. I don't know. I'm just. It, what I mean by I, this being a I'm pilot, pissed. though, is that you have more. The story goes on from there, so you can have growth in characters, or you can just be like, "Get out of my brain space," and you just move on. So you wanted a pilot. You want everybody to be just like they've already gone through their character arc, and they're they're really no, nice. no, no. <laughs> I'm super okay with character growth, but I would like to see it actually like make sense. And that to yeah. me does not make sense. It doesn't make sense that in like 12 minutes he's outed he's out and crying he realizes he doesn't have the test results and then they're all like best friends it just well i'll just i'll just say a couple things that that is kind of the the pain of sitcoms in general right is the idea that in 23 minutes you have to tell a story arc that you know obviously no and no studio no networks like continuity they don't want mythology and they they just want they want to they want a single episode of something and then the next episode is something else you know yeah no, I get it. I, I like maybe what I'm looking for is something that's fun, like Kipo, and I'll just go back to my little fantasy world of having happy. <laughs> no, nobody is judging you for not liking. Just, the oh, show. absolutely, not, no, not at I all, mean, not at all. We, I, we like I, different things. I, good. I am okay with character growth, but I am not okay with like excusing this kind of behavior. I don't, and so it's like I kind of just want to see somebody stick it to him, and instead everyone's like, "Yeah, come back no, to the no, table." No, I'm just no, like, I, that's where we differ. I don't yeah. think the show excuses the behavior. Not at all. I, I really don't yeah. think it does, and it certainly doesn't as you keep watching. Like, and that's oh, what I—that's what I see in this pilot is the seeds of this guy thinks he's all that, but through this group of people who do give him the grace to exist with them, they start to teach him that he is that you know that they have things to be able to contribute and in those kind of things. And I guess so. if you have to pick a main character, it's Winger, but really this show is an ensemble piece. It be it definitely becomes that. Like he is not the focus of a lot of episodes. It's only Winger because he has the most changing to do. That's how you yeah. define your protagonist is by how they change. And so yeah. that's why he's viewed as the protagonist is because he has the most to change. I guess I would say that the pilot did not make it clear that that was going to be a story sure. arc. To sure. Me. Yeah. What what I was going to say real quick too, what's also one thing I did always find funny about this show is that they become a really tight knit group and like they think like they're the cool kids at the party, basically, like that they control the school and all that stuff. Everybody outside of that group basically can't stand them. And there's a lot of that in the show. Um, I mean, there are people that like them, but I mean, do you know what I'm talking about, Aaron? Like where it's almost kind of like it's their perspective and then we see it outside of their perspective and there's, there's people like you there's have made this you've made college miserable for me there yeah yeah maybe there's there's nobody on this show that is ever treated as um i'm trying to think of the word like uh, quote unquote i'm gonna use a word that i hate to use but quote unquote normal like nobody on this show yeah. it's very uh satirical in that way it, it except definitely for, ex- except for magnitude it ex- yes of course magnitude it exaggerates <laughs> everybody's personality traits in a pretty extreme way i you know i I made the sin in the uh, in the video that uh, Winger is basically uh, CinemaSins. He's basically the CinemaSins mm-hmm. narrator. His attitude is very much the same. And in fact, I've told people in the past when you think of the CinemaSins Cinema conceit that it's basically like mystery science 
Theater 3000 hosted by Je- Joel McHale. You know, like that's it's mm-hmm. basically talk soup meets mystery science theater. So it was interesting to be able to go, you know, here is this this character and and, and now the narrator is looking in the mirror and going, I don't like myself. <laughs> like, you know, because it is, it is very much the same kind of smarm and snarkiness and, you know. Yeah, I'm just having so many things pop in my head, though. I just remembered how they make their mascot like a genderless thing I mean, mm-hmm. what do they call the mascot it's like isn't it like thing or something i don't know i don't i don't remember i really <laughs> this don't show, this show is ridiculous it is ridiculous it, was it rory rory what i'm looking up the non-gender mascot yeah i don't know okay. it's really like it, it, it like ends up it's just like this like uh it, it's like this body suit that has like no like eye or mouth hole in it. the other thing i'd mention is uh the uh danny pudi uh, is the actor's name who plays Abed, and he is doing great work in an Apple TV Plus show that a lot of people haven't seen uh, called Mythic Quest. And uh, this Sweet. is basically about a software company who has invented World of Warcraft, basically. So Mythic Quest is basically the World of Warcraft of of this universe, and so it's about the behind I'm sorry. the scenes. I, I wasn't listening mm-hmm. because I was looking up this... It's the Greendale human being, by the way. I just the the human it. being, which is terrifying, by the way. The pictures are oh, like, yeah. Yeah. like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this show's crazy. But, but then, but then I heard you say World of Warcraft. And oh, so did now that get I'm your attention in. today? And so I'm, I'm just, I apologize. C- could you tell me what you're talking about? <laughs> yes, Danae. I will repeat yeah. what I said for you since I said a keyword yeah. that that caught your interest. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Danny Pudi, who is Abed in Community, uh, who is our favorite, uh, is doing great work on the uh, the show Mythic Quest, which is about the behind the scenes of the software company who invented basically the the world of Warcraft of their world. It's called Mythic Quest, and so it's about them designing the new you know level release or world release or however that's you know set in the uh, online. Uh, mass massive online role play mmorpg thank uh-huh. you um <laughs> so so it's really funny and he's great in it and he's different than abed which i love because i you know i think he may have gotten right. kind of shoehorned into that type of character and uh and so he's cool he's kind of <laughs> well you, you say cool but he is actually more of the not in the, not in all the ways you hate, but he is more of the smarmy jerk in this show, and so it's it's almost uh, like a role reversal uh, in some ways. But mm-hmm. it's a really funny show. Uh, I, I was think... talking about more like cool a show that I might actually check out. Yeah, yeah. I, although I you don't know get a wh- subscription to Apple. Yeah, TV I don't know Plus. where you'd you'd oh. see it because it's on Apple TV Plus. Um, I can give you my uh, I can give you my username and password. Shh, don't say that. That's cheating. <laughs> Let's move, man. We talked about community a while. That's good. I, I'm glad you were able to get that off your chest today because I think it's it's the things you're saying are very Makes important. Makes us a better community, and uh, that's right, it does. But let's talk about the video itself. And Jonathan, since you didn't write on this one, why don't you start? Um, the whole the whole bit you guys did at the beginning with all the stuff going on in the crowd scene. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> although the centaur was was great, but my favorite was, um, and this is clearly Rapunzel. <laughs> Uh, pointing out that they're waiting for the camera to move so they can walk. That always irritates the crap out of me. I notice mm-hmm. that every time. It's like, why are you standing? Just Aaron walk. and I both wrote something on that. Yeah. Yeah. In um, fact, I will I will say both the first two you mentioned in many other sins in this script, this may have been the most collaborative script I've ever written on. I think we combined at least a, a dozen of our sins where we wrote similar things. Like you talk about that crowd stuff. 
that was half me, half Danae. Like we both wrote like two or three so sins much. on that crowd. Yeah. Like, well, you guys sent me that script too, and it was I swear to God, I felt like it was like eighty five cents or something. I don't know <laughs> what it was. But... This just keeps going. <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, and they were all great. The only stuff I think I suggested was just because I think you've already said this twice, you know. So maybe maybe right. let this one go. Or right. Um, the uh, the Chevy Chase sin, which we already kind of talked about Chevy Chase, but I thought that was really funny. Um, and the for some reason third hand is made for sinning just made me laugh <laughs> because i immediately even though i guess that would technically be leg but i immediately meant like is he saying like the dick is sinning like i'm <laughs> like what, what is i thought way too much about it uh i Good. love just sending background characters i wrote that down i can't remember what that was in reference to but i guess you guys were sending uh some people in the background doing something i always find stuff like that fascinating and then i just wanted to mention for personally uh you can never have too many breakfast club references that's just my personal <laughs> Well, good, because that's the irony, as we often do with Cinema Sins, uh, is that we sin them for having too many Breakfast Club references, but in every one, we have our own (laughs) Breakfast Club reference. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's one of my all-time favorite movies, though. I'm I'm, I'm down. Somebody asked for a t-shirt with the, uh, you're going to hear two sins, one is me sinning you and the other is you sinning the floor uh t-shirt they 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 oh, wanted nice. that one so what about you danae um i i really also enjoyed the opening but i think mostly i just want to give props to the uh editor who decided to add the centaur legs because when i wrote that one i was like i wonder if they'll be able to add centaur legs and i was super into the centaur thing because i had just watched onward in my real life and so um seeing that one come to life is so fun for me because it's just this sort of creative element of what we're able to do and so i wanted to give props to the editing team for Mm -hmm. that because that was really that was a really fun one um i also really enjoyed the rorschach test run that was one that aaron worked really hard on combining because we both had multiple rorschach tests that was just really exciting the uh p fan uh and I think everything else was mentioned. Yeah. So, oh, oh, except for the soup one. I was, I was, I really enjoyed that as well. The whole like what you would do if somebody like you'd block them on Twitter. That was a fun one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, I you just mentioned every single one I had. Uh, both of great. Both of you did. No, no, no. That's great. Um, the 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 fact that we both wrote sins about the guy urinating outside his window. And, you know, mine initially was focused on how did he even know that guy was there? And yours was focused on other solutions, other. Yeah. And it, they just work <laughs> so perfectly together and they're so much fun. And uh, the the uh, alliteration of the pisser pisses off after being pissed off for being pissed on like that, you know. Um, I did it. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, I had a great time with this one. This is this is one of my favorites. It's just, you know. So let's move on to music video sins. Uh, this, now, I want to say Benet, but that's only because I know Danae, but it doesn't have the Asante goose. So is it Benny? No, it's just Benny. <laughs> is I it think Benny? it's Benny, right? I don't want to mispronounce it. I think, it, I think it. it's Benny, but I haven't heard anybody actually say it. I just assume that's what it was. So it's uh, Super Lonely. And uh, is the name of the song. What do we think about this uh, massively depressing song? <laughs> this was this was weird though, because like I usually at least have some knowledge of an artist, but like I never knew this person existed. I knew nothing, mm-hmm. and then Barrett just I saw the edit come through, and I was like, "Who is this?" Well, um, I didn't particularly like the song. Yeah, um, Barrett's got some thoughts on it too. I think, uh, yeah. if, Danae, if you want to pull those up, but I think if I'm not wrong, this song kind of rose through TikTok, like it, like right. a lot of songs do. Like there are certain songs that are so good for like little short fun 
kind of plays on them. And for whatever reason, this song became kind of a meme on TikTok. And so I think after that, then, um, yeah. you know, it got more popularized. Yeah, I'm sure my daughter would be like, yeah, Benny. Well, you don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, Barrett said, super lonely. I literally woke up one morning and saw an article on Billboard or Pitchfork or something called Benny, the new hotness in pop music. The Billie Eilish comparisons were there, even though Benny is much breezier and poppier. So I looked up the video and listened a few times and kind of liked it. The video is silly and the song is repetitive, as noted in the bonus round, but there is a definite magnetism to her performance. My favorite sin is probably beating your rug, which made me laugh a lot and went through a bunch of uh, permutations, permutations before I settled on that simple version. I think this song is um, is interesting to me because it speaks to something that I think is real, like the idea of how, what do I hate more, this feeling of loneliness or the feeling of being in a toxic relationship, which I think is something that people go through quite a bit, Where and it's why people go back to bad situations is because they they think well uh, it, at least it was at least I didn't feel this way you know at least I felt something and the problem is like much pop music and I, I don't want to expect too much out of it it doesn't really address it in any meaningful way it doesn't really address it in any kind of constructive way the song doesn't but I understand kind of what it's getting at I just I, I you know I, I always root for a little more hope you know, at some point that there's a turn or a bridge or something. And this song's like, nope, it's just I'm either lonely or I'm in a horrible relationship. And that's all there will ever be for me. And there are there there are slight elements of hinting at suicide in this that bug me, too. That they're, you know, just kind of the bathtub, hmm. the water dripping from the ceiling. Like, you know, that kind of it's just it's not explicit in any way. But there's there's yeah, that element to that. it. So, um, so anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the song, but I get what it's talking about. I have no experience, uh, though anytime there's a female, you know, artist, I am, I lean in a little bit more because obviously there's more to relate to just naturally. Um, and also, uh, artists who are from like New Zealand or, uh, like Bjork or something from Iceland, um, I'm, I'm very curious about them as well mostly because there are some very universal things that we all experience and growing up and the confusion of relationships and loneliness and uh purpose and all that stuff i think is very universal but how different cultures sort of talk about it is is different mm -hmm. of course now we're in a uh, a world where the internet connects everybody together so we have instead of having everything kind of like more separated we do have this very very tied together existence which i love um but it also has yeah, its own some days <laughs> it has its own negatives i mean i have a sure. job because of it i guess so yeah i do want it. never mind it's the best thing ever but she's from uh from auckland and so i always like to listen for accents or for different um like enunciations that I find interesting. And there was a lot in there that I was like, oh, that's unique. Oh, that's different. And I can understand the uh, the comparison, you know, to, oh, gosh, uh, Billie Eilish. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I couldn't really tell if we ever heard her voice, though, because a lot of it was synthesized and stuff. And mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I don't even really know if I know what she sounds like. Right. Although, and that's the thing where I'd have to kind of go, I'm the I'm same, right? Like she's using... As as the script pointed out so well, or as the video, I should say, pointed out, mm -hmm. the use of auto-tune is an interesting decision when you have a good voice, but also it's kind of sometimes just used as a as a tool. I did not read the lyrics, though. So as usual, Aaron, I'm glad you, you do that and you kind of you know get into that part of it. Um, and depress but, us. 
<laughs> I, d- I don't know any other way. I don't know why. Like I was just that's no, it's how good. I, was made. I think it's important. I think it's I mean, great. I, I I think it's awesome. I never have been able to. I, it's really hard for me to try to figure out what a song is. And I guess it's what it's saying to you, right? Sure. But there's an art element some, to it yeah. for sure. For, where it's yeah. I, I wrote album reviews for like a year in college, and that was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. And like I, I hated it. Like after a few of them, I was just like, I just I'm, I'm not good at this. Like this is just not something I can do because I couldn't get in there deep like you would like you'd be a great album reviewer um i was Um, just like yeah that was fun i will (laughs) say i do get a little bit like even with billy eilish uh i do get a little bit like of a not i'm not not gonna say worried because i don't want to come off like a like a weird like mom worry or something Mm -hmm. but to have this level of fame and people at the age of like 20 years old or 19 or wherever she i think she's 20 now um that's just a lot of pressure and i think i think it's important to to point out that you know being a teenager is just extremely emotional and confusing and so um i find i find it interesting like i'm invested in her as a person because i want her to win just like i want everyone to have a win i want people to be okay so to to your point aaron if there is those notes of uh suicide or, or darkness I think most everyone can relate to having very confusing thoughts when you're a teen and just not wanting to feel pain and everything feels so intensely important. Like there's nothing else that exists beyond this moment. I'm ruined forever. Like time gives you that pacing where you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I, I thought it was or right. whatever. Um, but when you have such a platform and you're so young, I I am rooting for her. I hope she has support. I hope she has people in her life that are like uh, showing her uh, guidance and love. So she has those consistent things that can sustain her through such exposure to our culture. Um, there's a similarity between us talking about community and me. You know, like you guys are like, well, you know, he has a story arc and uh, this is just the pilot, you know, so he has a story arc um, and me wanting to just like get rid of that show and push that off but i would be willing to kind of go she has a story arc too and so but i'm far more invested in artists having a story arc than i am shows having a story like sure she's a person yeah. she's an artist very different, yeah. she's writing some things but i just i don't know i thought that was an interesting kind of comparison that hit my mind as we're talking about this nice. uh, so yeah i'll just say from an artistic standpoint because i didn't i didn't get anything beyond just the song itself out of it um it was interesting he mentioned billy eilish and, and melanie martinez which you guys have never listened to melanie martinez she's fascinating um but i thought that was interesting because i kind of thought benny was kind of uh like a lesser version of those two i guess she just isn't like she didn't quite grab my attention but i'm not like opposed to listening to something else she puts out i just that right. this song specifically did nothing for me right yeah um and apparently it was all about horrible things so you know <laughs> no, maybe uh, that's why it didn't do anything uh, for I, me maybe i stated it too strong i i think I'm this is a, no, 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 no. I think this is about a very real feeling that is worth wrestling with. Oh, feeling the feeling of loneliness? Yeah, well, absolutely. the feeling of, of not of only loneliness, but being trapped in a choice between yeah. loneliness and toxicity, which I, I again, think yeah, is yeah, a yeah. very common relationship Agreed. issue. So I, I think there's value in wrestling over it. I do think it's a little darker than I wanted it to be. Like, but but yeah. Yeah, that, that is that is a very that's a very uh, re- and that's a very relevant subject matter today. I find it mm-hmm. interesting that like I don't know if you're watching Perry Mason, but they're dealing with that subject matter on Perry Mason, which is a show that's set you know in the in the 40s or 30s or whatever. Right. Um, and it's just fascinating to me that like they're you know you're able you can you can you can see that you can grab that subject matter and put it at any point in time, and it's still very relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, scary. Let's talk about the video itself. I will start. Um, I had a couple that I wanted to mention. Over piercing made me laugh, um, <laughs> and then of course the the panic laugh 
where she she sings about panic and yes. he notices that it was written before. Uh, that um, was one of the ones I wrote down too. And just that laugh, and there were some fun <laughs> comments on that too. There was like, uh, I feel like this narrator's laugh is more maniacal than Jeremy's. Should we be worried about the fate <laughs> yeah. of the universe? <laughs> like kind of thing. I thought that was fun. Uh, so so yeah, I like that. What about you guys? I was just gonna say one thing. I will say we keep our cereal on the counter. Um, I don't. I didn't think that was that weird, but whatever. Oh, weird. Uh, <laughs> so weird. It's it right so by the fruit bowl. You know, a lot of people keep it on top of the fridge. Um, yeah, I've seen we a lot of people do that. Just so we kept it at our old house. Yeah, we keep we it in the pantry. This, we have a we have a cabinet above the fridge. I don't know. We've just always been people that keep it out. And like I said, we always have a fruit bowl too. And it's usually just by the fruit bowl. So you can have cereal, you can have banana, whatever. We have uh, um, we have those plastic cereal containers that mm-hmm. you pour it into. So we don't we don't pour it out of the box. We put oh. in those for storage. Um, and gotcha. we we love that. Uh, I've, I've often thought that I have a million dollar, uh, idea on how to improve those cereal storage containers, except it's, I'm sure it's not. Um, <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just go ahead and give it away know. here. If you do no, use No, 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 don't give it away. You have to patent it first and you have to spend a lot of money <sighs> to patent it. But what if the podcast is the patent? Can I, can I oh. go to court and say, Hey, on, you know, mm-hmm. July 10th, I said this thing on a podcast that can I use that? Doesn't that count? Oh no. Are there <laughs> podcast bylaws well, and stuff? I just... <laughs> I just want to ask before you share it, does it involve catapulting? Like, is it about like a catapult? Because that's one of my ideas for a food dispenser. It's just, a, it's a cereal catapult. That is, that is, is the is... most Danae idea ever. A food dispenser <laughs> catapult? Yeah. I was just curious. No, no, it does no? not. Oh, okay. It involves Fine. those plastic containers ca- uh, having just a few more sections, not sections, but uh, elements built into them. One is a dust strainer at the bottom. So that when the cereal dust settles at the bottom, it's in a separate compartment. So you're only ever pouring the actual cereal and not like kind of the remnants of the cereal. Uh, which is fruit loop dust. Yeah, it. exactly. And if you want to use it, you can just take it out of that. Like it'll have a slide in, you slide out. You can snort it. Yeah, you can snort it if you want. You just separate it out. And the other is a, a built-in uh, measuring device so that there's a certain, like a cup of cereal that is automatically at the top and then you just pour, you know, your... You can't share this. This is too good of an Isn't idea. it great? Yeah. I think it's a great idea. How many? Yeah. I wonder how many. I guess you. I guess you can measure out cereal. I've never thought about that. I just like to get the biggest bowl I can find and mm-hmm. just get it to the point where it's not going to overflow from the milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I eat cereal at night. That's like my late night snack a lot of the time. Like I rarely eat it for breakfast. Yeah. Anyhow, my wife I've finds often hilarious. That's... I'll eat like two bowls of cereal at eleven thirty at night. And she'll be like, "Wrong with you? Are you 10? I've <laughs> often thought that's one of my uh, million dollar ideas in the back of my head that I'll never do anything with. So. No, I think it's great. But uh, it's now a somebody great else idea. Is being, like Frank's going to take. It. They're gonna take it and run with it, and you're gonna be it's like, gonna be the the Delaware cereal container, <laughs> and they'll change one aspect of it and say, "I didn't copy it." Yep. So that'll be all right. I'll have a story. No, I don't like cereal dust, though. I like that. Idea. I'll have a story. Um, I'll be broke, but I'll have a story. <laughs> hey, listen, you know it's all about what you prioritize. I guess so. Uh, but the only other things I had written down: mixing orange juice with sweet cereal. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> and then I just really liked uh, Barrett's read on this fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I like the one that was about the blowjob from The Shining because... Now you know uh, what it is. Uh, I I just recently learned that, so of course I'm more invested. 
Um, and then uh, how she said that she like, or he points out that she has all of these friends, but she has all these friends, but they're like not there, which is sort of like what we're talking about. Just mm-hmm. the confusion of all that. So I enjoyed that too, but you guys mentioned all the other ones. So very nice. Let's move on to cinema sins. Uh, this one is one people have been waiting for. We're going to talk uh, first about Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I forgot that was first. I thought you were talking about alien three. Am I <laughs> yes. Everybody has been clamoring for the alien three conversation. <laughs> so, like my husband, who's not usually like plugged into the CinemaSins universe, he saw me preparing for the show and he was like, you guys send Shawshank? You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's illegal. How did you how did you do that? What were you guys thinking? Like, how are there even any sins in that movie? And I just looked at him. and I was like, you should watch. You should watch it and see what you think. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the, that's kind of like, the I point. I don't even know if I could do that. I'm like, well, it's what we do. So this is, of course, the OGs, uh, Chris and Jeremy Atkinson Scott uh, doing the writing on this one. And so let's I hear. Think it's, I think it's both of their one of their favorite movies. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, one of many people's favorite movies. Oh, absolutely. Look at the IMDb top 250. Yeah. Uh, Danae, tell us mm-hmm. what they had to say first. Yeah, and then sure. we'll then we'll talk about our own kind of experience. Uh, Jeremy says, I don't think I get nervous about sending movies anymore, even if they are sacred. I get nervous later about the viewer reaction, but when I'm writing, it's just the usual deal. You go into a movie like this, knowing the count will be low, and you just try your best to find some fun nitpick things. Um, Andy is one of the most interesting characters of all time to me. By the end, we are so happy he's free, but dude was sitting outside his house with a gun and thinking about killing his wife. He just didn't ultimately do it. Innocent by the letter of the law, but not in a moral sense. I loved turning the narration sin on its ear for this movie, where the narration actually is important and not just there to dump exposition on your head. He calls a guy butt steak, well, the guard does, and I have never noticed that until sending it. Butt steak. That's the dumbest insult I've ever heard. (laughs) I know this script forced at least one person, cough, Barrett, cough, to Google information about mouse farts. (laughs) Of course he did. And like when I watched the video, I was just like, oh, yeah, of course he did. Of course he's like, let me make sure they're right. (laughs) Chris wrote a sin about the single projector in the movie theater, and it's maybe the best sin in the video. Projection sins for the win. I enjoyed spotting the black suit brown hat thing where brooks and red both have the outfit on when released another thing i never thought twice about was the warden being out in the hot sun on site where the prisoners were doing work detail what the fuck is he doing out there take your pie bribes in your office you idiot ultimately there is a lot of luck involved in andy's tunneling never being found out as well as his ultimate escape some legit sins in that sequence but man what a movie it's an all-time great and I have to tell you guys, that's the most Jeremy's ever written in for yeah. BTS before. So you can kind of tell how much he loves this movie just mm-hmm. based on, you know, his his. Uh, I remember from the 94 when they were doing the best of the years they were born. I remember the 94 he picked Shawshank and of course, Chris and Barrett picked Pulp Fiction. But um, but I, I do remember that. So I knew this was one of his favorites. But did he put anything about Evan Stevens? Was there <laughs> there was no update on Evan Stevens? OK, yeah. What about Chris? Uh, Chris says, I'm not sure that single projector stin stayed in, actually. I don't think it did. No, it's not in there. Since we had potential issues on that one. But in case it wasn't in the video, there was a discussion about how the projectionist said he needed to change the reel. But it appeared that the room only had one projector, making reel changing impossible. So that was kind of a fun behind-the-scenes look at sometimes 
you know, we have to cut sins and you remember them still very vividly. So um, he goes on to say, I can't remember if it stayed, though, because it was an argumentative and Andy was getting beaten by the sister in that scene. Look, I do the schedule, so I don't put Shawshank Redemption on it lightly. But I also know that we have the capability of finding interesting things to nitpick or go on tangents with. And that's what I loved about sending this. The whole case for Andy seems to have lost evidence. Did I say that correctly? I think I did. You said the right um, words. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to. Thank you, Aaron. You're welcome. <laughs> you speak well. <laughs> you speak I don't good. know if it makes no you're sense, good, but. You're the goodest you, speaker. You sure do know how to read them words. <laughs> Sorry. I like to think that's how Aaron flirts with that voice. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> It's very Gomer Pyle. Mm-hmm. And Jen's just like, oh, let's go. Yeah. Me oh and Gomer God. Pyle. Yep. I'd love to hear what the defense said during the trial because I really do think Andy's lawyer fucked him. If Elmo <laughs> yeah. if Elmo Blatch really robbed the place, then there apparently was no evidence of anything else being there or stealing anything. I did love putting in the needle uh, early on that Elmo Blatch was innocent. As per usual, when it comes to legendary untouchable films, I wrote a five sin removal right off the bat. We've done it before with movies like Jaws. It's an, an acknowledge, blah, it's an acknowledgement that the movie we're about to sin is one of the very best. As much as that goes against the character of the Sins videos, I think it's a nice buffer. Obviously, as great as the ending is, it contains possibly the biggest Sins. Andy relies on Red to remember the town in Mexico. He puts him through an absolute adventure to find a piece of paper that he could have easily just put somewhere easier to find and still secure. And this led to my favorite juxtaposition. He put Red through a Red Dead Redemption. Anyway, Shawshank is great. It was fun to put it through the process, and hap- and I'm happy with the video. Very nice. Uh, I, I really don't... do think you should put on some kind of like a a vocal change for when I do the different characters. Like, sure, go for I'm it. Chris, yeah. and it sounds weird this way, and then look, like Jeremy sounds like this, and Barrett sounds like this other person. Look, I'm going to blow your mind right now, and you're going to love this. Um, but this is your chance to do puppets. Like this is. <gasps> This is your chance to do a Chris puppet and a Jeremy puppet and a Barrett puppet. Yeah, so, you're right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you, it's well, right there. And that would help you I'm with your vocal change. I'm not really scared of puppets. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Jonathan puppet is with HR in the corner. I'm so you can't use that sex. one. But Can we do this again? I have this sock that's in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a sock? Never mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll read him again, but this time with the puppet. <laughs> Have you seen Have you seen this movie, Danae? Yes, I have seen this movie. Well, that's you, a bummer. We don't get to take a drink, but I know. <laughs> yeah, let's get your thoughts first. I don't know that I have a ton to add, but what you know, what did you think when you saw Shawshank? I don't remember how old I was when I watched it, uh, but I remember thinking it was epic because of the whole escapes prison element of mm-hmm. it, and then watching the Sins video. Um, was really weird for me because I remembered, like subconsciously remembered parts of it. Like I instinctively remember that uh, there was something to do with like a library. And then, you know, then, then the sin would reveal itself and I would be like, oh yeah, that was part of the, so it was really weird to, for me to watch the sins video because it was sort of like a quick reminder of, of what this movie is. Um, but my parents love this movie. And so I'm sure I watched it with them. Uh, and I'm sure that they really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't have specific memories of it, but I do remember that this one has always been held kind of in a high regard in my family. And there was just nothing quite as epic as the reveal at the end of how he got out. So um, I've always like, whenever people talk about Shawshank, I'm like, yeah, it's a really good movie, but I don't really have yeah. a lot of like deep thoughts about the movie and how it's made or yeah. which is where you guys kind of come in and you teach me. Cause I'm, 
more story minded, I guess. And I'm more like in the moment where I think you guys all think more critically about how a movie is put together and how the information is presented to the audience and why the reveal works so well. So I'd be curious to hear like you guys talk about that. I really, I really like this movie. Um, I don't know that I've ever been like on greatest ever made territory. I don't think it touches me the way it touches a lot of people. But I saw this in the theater in 94. And um, I just, this is like the most fascinating thing about this movie to me is how the fandom came to be. Yeah, because, totally agree. I mean, I saw this in the movie theater in 94. I thought that's a good movie. And, and I didn't, you know, and then it just kind of went away. It was nominated for a few Oscars and then I didn't think about it again. And then, um, and obviously my love of Stephen King, I was attracted to the movie because, you know, he wrote the novella and um, I was really interested in it and I really liked it. And then I didn't think twice about it. Then like three years later, all of a sudden when it's, I, I, I still wanted, like, I still have ideas about how this fandom started, but TNT used to show this movie like around the clock. Like, and I mean, when I say that, like, I'm not kidding. Like it was just on all the time. And I've always wondered if that that kind of played into hmm. uh, how it developed so much of a following because the fact is nobody went and saw it in the theater. I mean, nobody saw it in the theater. Right. It was a huge, it was like a, not a colossal bomb, but it was not a moneymaker. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, 10 years later, it's the number one movie on IMDb, you know, at least until I guess Lord of the Rings might've overtaken it. But, um, you know, people are putting it ahead of like the Godfather and Jaws and, you know, E.T. and other movies that were huge at the time. Um, that's almost been more fascinating to me. I've probably seen the movie like three or four times. Um, um, I really like it. I just, I don't know that I'm quite in that uh, level that like, you know, Chris and Jeremy and probably Aaron is. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's an excellent movie uh, on so many levels. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I have this special place in my heart for movies that are just great movies. It's not that there's something, I mean, the reveal at the end is a, a plot movement mm -hmm. that is that captures you that that is big but it's it's not like six Sense or you know fight club or something like that where you know the movie turns itself on its head to be creative about something and reveal a piece of information and and that kind of thing it's like citizen kane i would say it's like on that level of yeah, like that yeah, it's sure. that type of reveal yes you know? yeah yeah exactly yeah. so there's there's this there's this thing that i just have for great stories told greatly and this is one of those movies where it's just a great story of this you know guy that that you want to root for and and just his relationship in this prison and you have a great villain and it's just told so well that you're just on board for the whole movie and so i just i have a soft spot soft yeah. spot for those yeah. kind of movies and it's really, I know a lot of people will be like surprised when they find out Stephen King wrote the novella, but it's very Stephen King. Like the characters, mm -hmm. like the way they are and stuff yeah. are very Stephen King. It's just not the typical Stephen King horror story. Right. Uh, but uh, I thought it was funny too. I remember Frank Darabont obviously directed this and then he went on to direct The Green Mile after this. And Stephen King came out and said, yeah, Darabont's apparently going to be a very specific uh, Stephen King prison story adaptation. But then, Danae, he went on to direct The Mist. So, uh, <laughs> he did a different and that's not a joke I don't know joke. what you're talking about I've, that I've is blocked, not a joke I've, I've blocked um, that although I do hear there's going to be some merch about uh -huh. it's kind of like Darabont something. really hasn't had like the 
like the I, I don't know i just feel like he should have more movies that we're talking about like he's such a good director and when you rewatch this movie you see how great of a director he is i think what uh, makes the jeez louise mother mary pete the dragon is the the <laughs> i think the the is what gets me the most the, you, you say pete the dragon movie. it's not it's pete's dragon the dragon isn't even named pete but you call it Pete the Dragon. Like, it's just, yes. it's so perfect. It's Do you just, call the monster Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, so I, I have it uh, currently in my best of all time list at about, uh, I have it at 26. So, you know, I do I, like that. I a, do love yeah. this movie. I, I, I've, I've got to do a top 100 at some point. I don't know that it would be in my top 100, but but I really, really like it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's really good. I don't know. I have a, a lot to say that hasn't been said. So yeah. I think we're good to move on to uh, the video. Uh, what did you think? Danae, why don't you start? I was just actually thinking, I wonder if this was my first time to ever be in, like to ever have Morgan Freeman in my world of entertainment. Mm, I'm just, I don't, cause I don't remember when I saw this, mm -hmm. but I feel like there are certain voices that are just incredibly deep in your psyche. And I'm just now realizing, I wonder if this was my first Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I think I think I saw Driving Miss Daisy before this, but this would have been like one I of my, didn't. I mean, he's and he's probably in some stuff. I, I know he's definitely in stuff prior to Driving Miss Daisy, but um, but I don't know that I was aware of him because I was still pretty young at that time. Yeah, um, that's so. Anyway, sorry uh, before before no, no, going no, into fine. the sense of it. Um, Did you see I, I really Robin enjoyed... Hood? Did you see Prince of Thieves? Oh, he. I forget. Robin Hood might have been the first one for me. Yeah, I think he's so. When did that one come out? Uh, Ninety one. Uh, he was Azim in uh, Prince of Thieves. So okay. there's a Z Manzari. <laughs> no, 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 he was terrible. not. Um, I, I really loved, I really loved this video because I thought it did a good job of honoring the movie, uh, sending stuff that should be sinned and also having fun, which is the trifecta, right? Like mm -hmm. you kind of want to try to find that nice balance. And so to see the OGs taking on Shawshank is yet another example of me as a writer on the team, just trembling in my boots. Uh, <laughs> And also, like, in awe, going, I'll never be like them. Because <laughs> it was so good. I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed the entire video. But uh, there's quite a few sins that stood out to me. I'm probably going to take some of your favorites as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. But, feel free. Like, you can't just make a person up. I'm Batman. I don't know. <laughs> it just got me. Yeah. Uh, uh, the shitty pipe dream foreshadowing mm -hmm. super blew my mind, right? Because I'm, oh, my God. He, like, like he says it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I've just never noticed that before. Did you guys, have you guys ever noticed that before? I had heard that mm -hmm. before. Um, okay. But I didn't notice it on my own. Somebody definitely pointed right. that out to me. Yeah. That is a, what I call an Archimedes sin. I think I've said this before. God, how many sins do you have? I like, have a list. Are, I have a list of there's sin There's a types. dolphin and a butterfly. <laughs> no. And, the yeah, Archimedes yeah. sin is the... Baboon. Ar Archimedes is the one who ran down the street naked saying, Eureka, I yeah, found yeah. it. I discovered it. Like that's, that's right. Those sins feel to me like a moment of... I found something like this is amazing. Like, you know, like that kind no, of level of detail. So. It makes sense. I, I love the fact that you have like all these alliterative like types of sins. <laughs> not alliterative, but, you know, whatever I'm trying to say. You have yeah, but these, that is that you, is a, you assign categories. Yeah, that is a big time Archimedes sin where it's like, oh, big that time. blew my mind. Yeah. Here's what sucks about your brilliance and naming it an Archimedes sin is all I'm going to remember is naked man running down the street. So <laughs> as like when I watch a movie, if I see someone like just running, that's all I'm gonna be like, oh, it's the Prometheus Wait. Archimedes sin. 
<laughs> like yeah. like Will Ferrell and old school. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yep. Uh, speaking of things people pointed out, I do want to quickly like go to the a comment section because there was immediately on BTS Twitter. It was oh you guys I can't wait to hear you talking about this. Mm-hmm. Is the is the episode that has Shawshank Redemption going to be just an episode on Shawshank Redemption since there's <laughs> going to be so much to talk about? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, somebody pointed out in the comments that I thought was interesting uh, that Morgan Freeman narrated this movie before a frame was ever shot. And hmm. uh, people responding to that, someone's like, I don't know if this is true, but I'm too lazy to look. And then someone's like, I did look and it is true. I, Danae, did not look to confirm that. But That's great. that was kind of a cool thing that I discovered because I was obviously watching The Sins and went down into the mm-hmm. went down to the comment section. Um, Mouse farts obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> uh was really really fun um point like the the sense that just makes sense for example is like pointing out how the movie wants us to feel the tension of andy saying like uh like do you trust your wife on the roof mm-hmm. um but you would never uh, leave with you, that in the real world uh, yeah right right things like that i think are really uh important things to point out fun ones that are fun to point out is the whole like rita hayworth poster sin um which is like, why is he asking right now? And why Rita Hayworth? Why not a Bible verse? Uh, and then shifting right into also disrupting everyone's movie experience. So you can ask mm-hmm. for a poster, which, of course, the guys are sensitive to. I also really enjoyed the Bible verse battle and the judgment with an E thing came up. Yeah, <laughs> judgment we... with an E. <laughs> I think Danae, Danae and I are on team judgment with an E. That's how I've always written it. I'll say it again. I didn't know that it could be written any other way. Yeah, I've always me either. I've always written it that way. I didn't realize it was a thing. So seeing mm-hmm. it in the Sins video, but I loved how it was instead of s- spelling mistakes, it was sewing mistakes. Mm-hmm. But it was said so quickly that I thought it was spelling mistakes. So when I went and instead of listening to the Sins video and I watched it, and I saw it was sewing. I thought that was even better because it was like a little mm-hmm. like a cross stitch type thing. Um, so yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot to love about this. Like the whole like baseball, just the whole series of why is, are all these people in their baseball uniforms? Just the the how they think about how movies are put together and questioning these things that you can just mm-hmm. you just accept. You just believe that they're all in their baseball uniform. But then when you start to ask questions like why are they doing it all at once? Yeah, that's a super good thing to sin. So um, and then I think one of my favorites that was like an obvious sin. Uh, is when he drank Coke out of the bottle, prisoner number like 46419 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just how ridiculous it is, I guess, that they would have access to Coke bottles when they could clearly, I don't know, like yeah. hurt each other with them. So anyways, it was a lot of fun. I think it was fun for many, many, many reasons. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that stood up to me. Good stuff. Uh, Jonathan, what did you got? What do you have? Um, I had a few things. I will say one thing uh, I meant to talk about when we are talking about the movie, but I'll, they they send uh, the, they actually send the movie Gilda within the movie Shawshank I loved Redemption. I that. Yeah, which I, I had that written was, down. I thought that was great. Um, but, you know, I love this. This is one thing cool about movies, though, what they'll do for you. Like, this movie uh, made me, like, seek out, because the original title is Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a better title, actually. But um, it made me uh, seek out Rita Hayworth stuff, and actually I became a huge fan of her because of this movie and um like it's i've probably seen gilda five or six times since last time i watched shawshank uh but i just i love the fact that they they did send that um and rita hayworth is just freaking awesome um oh this the sending the title i was going to go to that because i was talking about that where they talked about hudsucker proxy Mm -hmm. and shawshank coming out the same year and talking about those being really confusing titles 
Yeah. I didn't even ever, I never thought about that, that Robbins was in both of those in the same year. <laughs> yeah. No. And they're both great. Uh, Hudsucker Proxy is, mm-hmm. is my favorite uh, Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. So. both. I mean, both of those would definitely be in my like top 10 for that year. Uh, for sure. I think Danae, you mentioned the pausing for tea, right? Oh, no. I thought you did for some reason. So does the parole board sometimes pause for tea was one I had written down. Uh, do you even prison bro was one I had written down. <laughs> And then the last thing I'll say is I loved a little bit of like where Jeremy's doing his regular rant and then all of a sudden he goes off and he's like, what is that lowercase Q doing? Um, <laughs> that's such a Jeremy I, thing. I love, I love, uh, yeah, I love those Jeremy moments. Like that's very specific to Jeremy uh, and he just, he nails those. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. You, you, you pretty much hit everything I had. Uh, I will say b- before I move on, uh, Hudsucker Proxy is my number 17 favorite movie of all time. So I have Woo! two, I have two Tim Robbins 94 movies in my top 100 of all time. I think, I don't know. I, I, somebody was asking, because actually 94 was the year I turned 18, and there was a Twitter question uh, today or yesterday. It was like, what was your favorite movie from the year you turned 18? I actually went with Quiz Show. Uh, I went through the list of 94 titles. There's a lot of good movies in 94. I mean, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's a, that's, a, that's a solid year. Lion uh, Quiz, King, I guess, for some people. Quiz Show is my number nine movie of all time. So we're just- You got working, a lot of 94s on the list. We're just working our way up the list. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much, uh, everything you guys said, uh, I had written down. It's a great video. Um, the, the poster observation today that you mentioned really blew my mind. I, it is one of those things I hadn't really thought about at the level of detail of, this is a stupid poster to put up to hide this. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is a yeah. really bad idea. That's just dumb. And I hadn't really thought about how dumb that is. Uh, yeah. and so I, I really did love that sin. Well- and I didn't mention the sin, but then even pointing out how he would have attached it so securely to the wall after he left. Right. Like, yeah. I've never thought about that, but that's super true. Because did he have... Yeah, they both mentioned even in their uh, in their comments how how sinful that escape is. As much as we love it, there's a lot mm-hmm. about it that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was really good. Um, the the butt steak sin included the the insult groin meatball. And for whatever reason, <laughs> that just made me laugh. So I thought I would mention it. Uh, Judgment with an E you mentioned. Uh, Cinema Sins with a Billy Club I thought was funny. And of course I'm going to mention Inside Out. Uh, but it's uh, four angers in Hadley's brain. Uh, that that one really made me and made I, me laugh. As I will say the last thing. I kind of I kind of want to know, and I kind of really don't want to know what what uh, Barrett found in his mouse fart Google search. But, uh, <laughs> well, he must I can't figure true. out if I'm curious enough to ask. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to check in with Barrett on that. Um, all right, let's move on to Alien Three. This was a Cher Watkins script. Uh, so Barrett and Jonathan writing on this one. Um. I will take myself out of the Alien 3 conversation. I don't know if I've seen it. Um, I thought I had, and then I'm watching the Sins video and going, I don't remember the prison alien movie. So, uh, so, so you haven't seen this one? I don't think I've seen Alien 3. I guess I somehow missed that That'd one. That'd be so weird if Danae had seen it. <laughs> be a I first in the history have of... You, uh... Have you seen it, Jonathan? Oh, well, I wrote on it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this All is right. probably like I don't know. I've seen it a couple times. I mean, before um, you send it though. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I oh. saw. It, I saw it in the theater when okay. I was. I think I was sixteen when it came out. I was but I, say, I saw it in theater. Um, if it turned into like all three of us having not seen it, that yeah. would have been really weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'd seen it a few times. Um, it's really weird. It's a weird movie for me. Uh, David Fincher is one of my favorite directors. Uh, he's done at as of now. He's done ten films. Yeah. Eight of them, I would I would say are A or A minuses. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's Benjamin Button and Adrian Marie. <laughs> right. And Benjamin Button, I actually don't just, I, I like it okay, but it's not like, it's not that, you know, it's it's not, you know, all of his other ones. Man, I cannot, I cannot bring myself to revisit Benjamin Button. I hated that movie. I've only like, seen it the one time. I know? watched it the one time and it just like, it did not work for me in any are you, way. Are you a Fincher fan at all though? Like, yes. You, I mean, I Social Network yes. and Gone yeah. Girl. Yeah, for sure. And Seven, the game is one of like the game's great. Time talk, people talk about underrated movies. Yeah, I the game is game great. Up. I love the game. Oh. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I, I really, and in fact, I think I know you, you can. If you want to go ahead and read what Barrett said, you can. I, I like it less oh, than yeah. Helm. I think I really, really dislike this movie, and I love the first two. I love Alien, and I love Aliens. Those are two of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and I have not liked anything after that. Um, even Prometheus and Covenant, I haven't liked any of those either. So. Man, I I have found some real promise in these later Alien sequels. Uh, There's stuff there. There is stuff there that I really wish overall they were better movies because Prometheus is probably the best looking movie I've I don't like. Like it's just like when I saw it in the theater, it was so encompassing, like on the big screen, it was so mm-hmm. beautiful to watch. I actually thought I liked it. And then, well, and, <laughs> and I watched and, it like on TV, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't very good." <laughs> for me, the the thematically, those newer Alien movies are yeah. so much better than the older ones, and that's fine. The older ones weren't trying to be big thematic things; yeah. they were just trying to be blockbusters or horror movies or suspense movies, yeah. or in James Cameron's case, an action movie. Um, you know, but uh, but the, these new ones have like themes running through them that they do could be Absolutely. really cool. And I just don't think they stick the landing on them. Yeah. But... I, I don't think they do either. That's my problem. No, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think alien probably has a little more going on. Yes. Than you might be giving it credit. Yeah, for. no, I think you're right. No, I know. But, uh, right. but aliens, aliens is just a blast. It's T2, right? right. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's James Cameron doing his thing. Um, but alien three, it, it, it's not a very good, like, I don't like it as a movie. Like it doesn't really work as like a horror movie or a thriller. Like it just doesn't work in that way and then also the continuation of the ripley story is horrible and it's not interesting and so it, it just doesn't work on either level yeah. so it's for me it's just a really bad movie but do you want to read what barrett had to say yeah get out your barrett yeah. puppet yeah i'll get the barrett puppet but i i do want to say that i have not seen any of the alien movies mm-hmm. ever so the only thing i know are like the telltale obvious like images that right you can't not see which is sigourney sigourney weaver like scared and then like an alien with another alien tongue like Mm -hmm. dripping stuff on top of her so those are the only images that i really know about oh and i think i think there was one time it was on tv or something and i saw people swimming underwater and then they came out into a room with a whole bunch of pods so yeah that is the extent of my knowledge of aliens so (laughs) i was very confused did you watch the video I did, but I was very, very confused. Um, and then I will tell you that I did some brief research, and I was even more confused. I felt really so. terrible after I watched it to review this morning. That was right before we were getting on, because I forgot about the the scene with. The, although we don't really show much of the, but you do see the dog from a distance, but we don't show like the actual. Yeah, that was death. sad. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think because of how much this series of per- has permeated culture i have a general idea that there's mm-hmm. face huggers and that they like implant people and they bust out of them kind of a thing mm. chest bursters mm-hmm. yeah yeah chest bursters uh but here is what barrett said this movie was famously where's the interfered. barrett puppet you said uh, well, you wanted to nobody do this. can see it nobody can see uh, it right. i'm just saying you got it, a chance right it, now is it somewhere it shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> if it's a barrett puppet probably <laughs> 
The, this movie was famously interfered with by the studio and essentially screwed up the original version David Fincher had in mind. On this watch, I didn't hate it as much as I did the first few times I saw it. I kind of like the idea of Ripley getting all horned up after being in space for decades, but I wonder why she didn't do it with Hicks instead of Tywin Lannister. Anyway, the movie is overall too dark, too garbled, too shouty, and too stupid to be included in the discussion of the first two Alien movies. Um, let's move on to the video itself. Uh, I guess I can start us off on this one. Uh, shout out to Ted's Space Prison. Uh, it's absolutely <laughs> going to stick stick with me forever. Uh, I just, when things are named something really odd, I'm just always like, why? Why did it have to be that? Like, you yeah. You could have gone a lot more simple. But like going on to like Fiorina sounds like a new gastrointestinal yeah. supplement that yeah. might have side effects, including yeah. dry mouth and kidney yeah. failure. Much like Murder, She Wrote, if it's gastrointestinal, it's probably 99% chance <laughs> that it's, that's my, my sense. Nice. A little tell. Uh, adding a syllable and wasting everyone's time uh, with the uh, disorientated or whatever he said. I thought yeah, you was know great. that's Barrett. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Uh, the image of the movie... I liked the sin, but it it made me think of something to this side. So I apologize. This isn't technically from the video, but I just saw a tweet recently that had an internal um, view, not of an actual, but a drawing, like an illustration of a moray eel. And apparently mm -hmm. moray eels have what this alien has. Like, it's a real thing. They have an internal yeah. jaw that yes. comes out, you know, yes. inside their external jaw to oh, you know God. bite prey and then bring it back in to yes. finish chewing it so that is a legit thing that i just recently seen and i was like oh it's it's called a pharyngeal jaw yeah yeah so that is a real legit That's thing creepy. in nature so welcome to nature is scary um yeah more eight eels <laughs> Any any ocean creature in general is pretty fucking scary. Yeah, a, yeah. It's like why why do we go in the ocean? I I just can't figure it out. That's <laughs> where agree. they live. Like, let them leave their home. Like it's kind of like would you want just like to look up on your ceiling and there's just fucking legs hanging down? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sorry to answer this so clearly, but yes, that how sounds is that amazing. any different? You know, we just we don't give a shit about anything. It's it's unbelievable. Go ahead. I would find that supremely uh, <laughs> curious and amazing. Oh, look just, at all those legs. Just, Whose legs are they today? We just, we just don't care. I'm not innocent. Like there's things I do. I'm just, but it's just crazy. Like humans, we're just we're some pompous ass people. Man. We we are weird. Uh, uh, the river cruise run that ends with Y Chet Y is just so good. I loved that very much. Um, I was really glad I got to do that. I just uh, the jungle you've read the jungle Cruise, i sure right? have many times I yes i was so glad i got to put that niles and niles and niles and thankfully barrett really liked it because i didn't know if he was gonna like it or not i would have probably gone my with, wife and i say that all the time i would have probably gone with the other side of water uh which yeah, is one of my favorite one, jokes from from that ride uh but <laughs> i that ride is one of my favorites for obvious reasons because of the puns and the wordplay and all that stuff well, it's great to see who says like it the delivery of the it's yes. you get a different delivery every time that's exactly what i was gonna say is yeah. the freedom they give their guides to work with that script and to do different funny yeah. things is is what makes that right because every time you go on and it, it's different every time i mean there's yeah. the classics but you know different people do them different ways and yeah that's an underrated theme park ride because of that Absolutely. aspect 
Um, so, and I'm so glad we're getting a rock movie uh, eventually based on it. Uh, <laughs> With the homewrecker, Emily Blunt. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was someone shouts out uh, in the list of the possible prisoners, which was funny, shouts out Massive Head Wound Harry, and that yeah. just made my day. <laughs> it, it uh, was very, that was the, really great. Yeah, that dude, that, I had no idea who that dude is. And if you go read about <laughs> it on Wikipedia, that gets mentioned, like, Nobody oh, really? knows who that guy is. <laughs> he has a name, but like you don't see him before that. I think they, they probably cut some stuff out, you know, where you would have. Was it Dana Carvey that played Massive Headwound Harry? I can't remember yes. the SNL skit. Oh, wait. Like... Uh, or, yeah, it was either. Was it Carvey or it was before Sandler, right? Yeah, I think it was Carvey. I, I could be wrong about that. I just remember that skit. That skit just slayed me because you. <laughs> You just it's so audacious and i just i had forgotten that existed and i love it when that happens when somebody shouts out something that i've recognized very much but had forgotten existed uh yeah so, it's dana car yeah so fun stuff what about you guys you want me to go on well i did i did want to say that while you were talking i was looking up a couple of interesting things on the interwebs and i found this thing about the pharyngeal jaw which is how i knew how to like <laughs> like it says the the very mobile pharyngeal jaw of moray eels was discovered in 2007 uh, by UC Davis scientists, almost three decades before the 1979 fictional xenomorph creature from Alien series was first depicted showing a second set of jaws for attacking nice. its prey. Nice. It was discovered by a scientist at UC Davis when he lost a finger. <laughs> to a moray really? eel. No, I'm just oh I'm God. just making that oh, up. Oh jeez, I was up. super gonna believe. Oh, I thought you were being serious. You said that with such conviction. <laughs> Sorry, I have this thing where I sell things too hard. Uh, no, it's that was good. totally out of my brain. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I have some stuff written down. Let me go quickly back to. I know <laughs> that is that Sorry. is Danae's. I'm flipping through my tabs voice. <laughs> um, using too much alcohol for a simple injection. That was funny. Yeah, to that me. was nuts. Yeah. That was a lot. That was a good we, observation from Barrett. Yeah. Um, Back to the Future, teaching about bad ways to discover somebody's actual name being on underwear. <laughs> I don't understand that reference, but I found it funny. Because <laughs> they thought they thought Marty's name was Calvin Klein. Oh, that's funny. I probably should eventually watch those movies at some point. Although, did they think he embroidered his name on there? Like, I never I did know. completely get that. Like, because it's not like somebody was wrote Calvin Klein with a marker. I mean, it's actually in the underwear. Oh, that's true. That's true. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. Um, pointing out, like, why not tell the per the guy that there could be a creature inside of her? Like, when they're doing the autopsy, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, pointing out the vanity is a sin and then immediately following it up with oh no it's lust lust is my favorite like that, <laughs> right that was a, a fun little back to back the extraterrestrial skip delivery from uh jeremy with like the echo on it made me chuckle uh and then whenever they're talking about their plans and like the sin is they're doing stuff uh, uh planning things uh liquids and solids and fuck me i have no fucking clue what's happening in this montage <laughs> Um, and then the last one that I noted was the why do all these alien movies have to be so freaking moist? But like how he says that word. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's struggling to get it out. Yeah. Like Jeremy didn't maybe didn't want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I did uh, not write that one. If it says moist, I didn't write it. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, yeah. you just said it. So, haha. Haha. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jonathan? 
Um, I will. Well, one thing about the um, the why won't she? You know, why won't you say there's an alien in there? I thought that was interesting because I had a couple of things in there, and we, I think we left two of them in. But at first, I almost took them out because the whole thing is that Waylon Yutani is like the the company that's like that like owns all this stuff, and she's very wary of them because they have wanted to keep the aliens in the past. So I guess it kind of makes sense that she's not being super vocal. Plus, people might not believe her. Um, but it's still in that moment, though. I was just like, you wouldn't tell this guy that he could get killed? Right. You yeah. Know? It was just, mm -hmm. it was one of those weird moments. So I kind of just I had to play around with it a little bit. And I finally came to that. Um, some of mine, you guys mentioned a lot. That van, the reading of Vanity, definitely my favorite sin, was probably my favorite moment. Um, misquoting Pat Benatar songs. Um, mm -hmm. That was funny just because... I had literally, for whatever reason, like the day before, I had listened to Shadows of the Night. And um, so when he said that, I was just like, that was immediately on my mind. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. oh, it's Pat Benatar. Uh, and then, did she just feel a disturbance in the force? Well, that was yeah, a really that funny was a good one. one yeah. And um, just the guy asking, the when uh, Charles S. Dutton's asking the guy to not struggle. Um, yeah. When he's being like eaten by an eaten. alien. <laughs> Are you asking this guy to not struggle while he's being oh. devoured? That's wrong. And then I, this might hit you more. It probably hits you more if you've seen the movie. But the fact that Morse, the character of Morse, is the last one standing of everybody on that planet is so irritating because <laughs> he is awful. Like he's like he's just a terrible character. I mean, he's not a terrible character. The actor's fine and stuff, but like he's not the he's not the person you want to survive. Like you right, know, uh, right. I mean, if you're gonna kill off like Ripley, but you're gonna leave Morse. Yeah, not the uh, audience's first choice. <laughs> no. so that that was just one i was i was glad barrett had to leave barrett left in because i was just like fucking morse like really <laughs> uh, of but no people. this is a really really bad movie it has its fans though there's a lot of people that love this movie a lot of diehard alien fans and stuff well. really really uh you know pitched their tent for this movie but um that was a weird way to put it um Whoa. but uh you know like I, could, I was trying to think of a word like they they like that that's a hill they're gonna like the alien three hill is what they're standing on or whatever yeah i can't talk uh but i i think it's awful awful and uh i think they should have stopped this series at aliens personally but whatever the fun i had with the video almost makes it worthwhile that it exists so uh oh it was so, very fun to send yeah. yeah yeah great job you guys did a great job hey podcast peeps it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to tell a story from putting together the week's content. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, uh, deleted sin, whatever you guys are feeling like. Um, Jonathan, what do you got this week? Well, we're going to keep talking about Alien 3. Might as um, well. That was really the only research I did was I did because I knew there was 
Um, I knew there was like a lot of like, you know, Barrett was talking about it was a troubled production and stuff. So I was just doing a bunch of research on it to see if there was anything I could keep. And uh, that was Eric put in as a sin. Uh, there was a couple of things that I, I did have sins about and we decided to remove because they were kind of confusing. But uh, for instance, in the original cut, the dog was an ox. I don't know why they decided to change it to a dog, but it was an ox. And I just thought that was really interesting because I'm like, how many like ox deaths have you ever seen in a movie? So I was like, why didn't why didn't they keep that? Right. Uh, but then we ended up deciding to take it out because it just it didn't really work. Or maybe Barrett had something around that same time. But yeah, no, this was a super troubled production. Um, and it's crazy when you look back at it to think this is what they decided on. Uh, originally, the film was going to focus on Waylon Utani, though. It was going to be all about like why Waylon Utani wants the aliens and that was supposed to be a trilogy thank god that didn't happen right um they brought in william gibson who's a famous novelist he wrote a script which he summed up as space commies hijack alien eggs big problem in mall world <laughs> um and then in that one you find out that Waylon yutani is creating an army uh bishop bishop and hicks were still alive in this one which is something i forgot to mention we were talking about alien 3 the fact that like there's four people that survive aliens and then at the beginning of Alien 3, with no explanation, they just kill three of them. Yeah. Um, whereas in this one, though, Hicks and Bishop were still alive. But then, oddly enough, Ripley is not in this version. She's in a coma the whole time. Uh, which I, And then, of course, Fox was like, we don't want to do an Alien movie without Ripley. Uh, Rennie Harlan was brought on to direct. Uh, and he brought on uh, Eric Red to write uh, a script. Eric Red has disowned the script, though, saying it was based on too many story conferences and interferences with no time to write. But this one was apparently set in small town USA, which is interesting because one of the Alien vs. Predator movies is actually set like in a small town. So I kind of think they probably just took stuff from that script and used it for mm. that. Yeah. And then David Twoy, uh, is it David? Is it Toy? Toy? Have you ever known how to pronounce that? No, I'm not, not sure. Uh, David Toy was brought on. He was basically given the job of reworking Gibson's script. And this is where you got the setting of the prison planet. But then Rennie Harlan left and Ripley was still not a part of the film. Um, and then they brought in Vincent Ward to direct and write. And his version involved a planet full of monks, which is also kind of what's going on in this one. And then they brought in Walter Hill and Vincent Giller. And what they did basically was they took what they thought were the best parts of the previous scripts and made some weird combo, and that's what we ended up getting. Um, what you're saying is it's no surprise this movie is awful. Yeah, not, not at all. That's why it just, it just kept going on and on. And then once they brought Fincher on, he rewrote it. It's crazy. As well. Um, and then also the only other thing I had was Fincher tried to get Gary Oldman to be in it. I guess he would have been the um, I guess he would have been the doctor, the the Tywin Lannister character whose name all of a sudden I forgot that actor's name. <laughs> Charles but, Dance. Um, yeah, Charles Dance. I, I think he may I guess that's who he would have been, but I don't know. But that they couldn't work it out. And then apparently there's an assembly cut. It's not really a director's cut because uh, Fincher didn't put it together. There's an assembly cut that has 37 more minutes. I actually own the Blu-ray set that that's on, but I don't think there's a chance in hell I will ever watch it. I can't imagine <laughs> enduring 37 more minutes of this yeah. movie. But apparently it's very different. Like it's, I guess, probably kind of like the Blade Runner's director's cut is probably yeah. the best example. Um, but no thank you. Um, I will probably never watch this movie again. Yeah. Today, what about you? Actually, I've got two. One was something that I looked up for this very episode. I discovered more information about the Adam's apple. So an Adam's apple is a simple name for the area of the thyroid cartilage that appears more prominent on the front of the neck. 
It's mostly seen in men following puberty due to more significant growth of the larynx, but it can also occur in women too. Um, it helps to protect and wall the frontal part of the larynx, including the vocal cords, which are located directly behind it. And another function of the Adam's apple is related to the deepening of the voice. I just hmm. thought that was interesting to share with you. Oh, we... so that, that's why men typically have a deeper voice? I find mm -hmm. that information very interesting. So does Frankie Valley not have an Adam's apple? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I don't know. But when it comes to our actual content uh, in community, I was trying to find a funny outtake for the hot dog moment because there's like this moment whenever I can't remember the name of the character, but like Pierce. he, yeah, so he like goes over to eat a hot dog and he's apparently struggling with figuring out how hot oh, dogs yeah, and buns work. Oh yeah, because he's rich and doesn't know how to make his own food. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so I looked up quote funny hot dog from movie and and then I came across the sausage party. Um, and there's a... <laughs> which i've never seen there's something about that movie oh, that I is have. so off-putting to me Danae, like... how much of this did you watch uh i mean just clips because i uh -huh. was trying to find an outtake but i was like my god what is this <laughs> like because there's this you know there's this moment between like uh -huh. hot dog packages and then hot dog buns and uh -huh. then there's there's sort of this mocking from the hot dog buns to the hot dog packet mm -hmm. is it good anyway, aaron that is a complicated question. Um, the easy answer is no, but I don't think I'll ever watch it. Regardless, uh, but it is—it is not a movie that I haven't enjoyed discussing with people. Um, yeah, there, there is, there is enough there that is funny or metaphorically interesting that. Uh, that it's it's actually led to some some great conversations. There's a lot of spiritual connotation, believe it or not, to what's <laughs> going on in that movie. Um, well, so. the, uh, the what I saw did definitely wasn't spiritual; it was definitely <laughs> sexual. And so there is there is an it entire there didn't make you want to go to church, or maybe it did make you want to go. to <laughs> yeah, church. Yeah, exactly. You had to there, ask yes, for there there is a uh, very explicit, very lengthy food orgy uh, between all sorts of different types of foods doing each other in all the sorts of different kind of ways so uh yeah it is it is definitely uh definitely that as well Well, i did not I, have to watch that scene for my keeping tabs i only had to find something that i only watched that scene because buns. i wanted to is that what you're saying <laughs> nope i missed that one entirely so that was my keeping tabs nice. did, you, did you find your outtake by the way you were looking for yeah I, no it's one of the yeah. it's one of my favorite outtakes from that video i think it's hilarious yes i was able to find the moment that i needed but it's funny because sometimes like there's a scene and you don't know what you're going to find which is how uh, so it now takes sometimes i'll hear an outtake in my mind and i'll like oh what was that movie from and then i try to google search until i can find out what i'm hearing in my imagination but then like the other thing about outtakes is you don't have any idea what you're going to find which is what i'm learning how to get better at since i don't have the movie memory that some people on the team do so mm -hmm. then it turns into me going like funny movie moment with hot dog which is dangerous. It's a very dangerous <laughs> thing to do. I'm surprised you didn't stumble on Hot Dog the movie, um, which played a very key role in this young man's uh, adolescence uh, at, oh, a friend, no. uh, at a friend's house who had all the dirty movies. And, oh, uh, my. <laughs> so, yeah. This yeah. was an 80s uh, TNA uh, ski comedy, which yes. was weirdly a, a subgenre that happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's Shannon Tweed, I think, right? Yeah, I just I I didn't even know what the movie was. I just know he was like, oh, okay. "Do you want to see some naked women?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and you know, I was probably like ten or eleven, so yeah. you know. And and it was one of those things like, and then I just had like stamped in my 
my brain like this hot tub scene and you know a couple mm-hmm. other scenes and I like I grew up not even knowing what they were from and then stumbled on them at some point later in my life I was like oh my goodness that was the movie that changed me you know <laughs> <laughs> so. but there's like it's weird right there's like hot dog the movie there's like ski patrol there's ski no. school I I don't know why but the, I was glad that this one popped up I I mean it, the the outtake was the hot dog bun saying to the hot dog Mm -hmm. Do you think these buns want to be filled by you? And so that's the one that I was like, yeah, it was hilarious. I think that works perfectly. And so it ended up coming together really well. Uh, I'm going to talk about divorce statistics. Yay! Yay! (laughs) My favorite subject. Someone who's been divorced, parents are divorced. Let's talk about that. It's fun. Uh, I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, no, no. It is a very common thing. No pressure. It is is one of those interesting things where I, anytime somebody throws out the 50% of marriages end in divorce, uh, I immediately am like, well, actually. And so I thought I'd let the narrator do the well actually on this. Uh, Now, as with any statistic, you can kind of make it read however you want to make it read depending on what you include um and so for the broadest idea of including multiple marriages those kind of things the statistic has at times been up in the mid 40 percent it's never really been past you know 50 percent no matter how you slice it um but it just becomes very easy to think of half of marriages end in divorce and it becomes this easy thing to say um but if you really kind of dig into it and i was glad to write this in and there were some comments on this as well in the comments so that's kind of part of the reason i wanted to uh, address it as well if you slice it in different ways when you talk about you know kind of how it's trending marriages are lasting longer and longer uh, people are getting married later and later in life which probably mm-hmm. has a little bit to do with that although i'm i guess the rare one who's getting ready to celebrate his 25th wedding anniversary and got married at the age of 20 you know so uh so you know i, I guess i'm the exception that proves the rule um but it's it's divorce rates uh, divorce rates no matter how you slice it are shrinking which i find very interesting people are staying uh married more now than ever so um i thought it was fun to kind of uh slip that into a script especially because i'm so pro marriage i love uh my wife i love being married i think it's one of the best decisions i ever made so i was glad to, to kind of research that no and... i remember when when you wrote that i was like i was thinking oh, i'm glad that's true <laughs> <laughs> yes and then like, and then at the hear. same time at the same time i'm the same person who wrote this in later on uh when pam is like you know he's gonna love me forever or whatever and the sin is just naivete <laughs> <laughs> it's like so there are you know there are two sides to all of us uh in those kind of things but i thought i'd bring that up so ready to move on to the comment section let's do it i want to know what you're thinking i appreciate your honesty you're a real straight shooter you are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to take a look at some comments from the week's videos. Uh, what do you guys have? Well, actually, I'll start since I went last last time. Um, I wanted to bring up the fact of how many people loved hearing Danae in the comments of the Office video. There was a these Yay! chips are good outtake. And, and I, if I remember correctly, you added that after the edit was done, right? Like, didn't you well, like, think of it? No, I, I wrote it during the writing process. 
and then oh, okay. it wasn't included in the outtake package. And oh, I, so it was in the script. Okay. Yeah, and so it was one of those things where I was like, um, I really kind of want. I really think this will be fun for ultra fans and people who don't know it will just think it's a funny, you know, weird phrase, thing. weird thing from somewhere that they don't yeah. know. And so I pushed for it, and uh, and I actually had to kind of finagle it too. It was one of those on the edit that <laughs> it's, it's like, why is this outtake taking so much of our edit time? But I was like, I have to get this right. I have to get this right because originally they just had Ed Helm saying these chips are good, and they had it with the. These chips are good from the song part, not the intro part where you just yeah. say it, you know, cold. And I was like, no, that's not that's not, you know, what I meant. And so we kind of worked through it and it eventually got to where I liked it. And I, I was glad to see those comments because a lot of people did uh, did enjoy that. How did you feel, Danae, the first time you heard it? Because <laughs> well, I, I remember. Didn't... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I, I didn't tell you specifically. I just told you to go watch the assembly edit, you know, once it was on there, because I wanted to get your reaction without knowing that you were going to be on there. Yeah, that it was so fun for me because I was like, oh, wow, that's going to be interesting. I wonder if anyone's going to like recognize it or get excited about it. But then whenever it and then we didn't release this episode for a really long time. <laughs> that's and right. I yeah. Completely forgot that it was in the outtakes. So as soon as the uh, the episode went live on YouTube, I started to get like tweets and comments. And that was just a lot of fun that the silly random thing that we did is something that brings people joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the other uh, comments I wanted to mention, uh, I like this one from Pablo on the community video says this episode deserves six negative sins in a movie. Uh, I had that one. Yeah. That's yeah. A good one. Any reference to six seasons in a movie uh, is fine with me. And then I had to mention the running comments. There were several of these. I only uh, copied two of them uh, about the Rorschach uh, sins in the community mm -hmm. video. Uh, RB says Dicer, you're clearly wrong. That poster in John Oliver's office is a dolphin wearing a sombrero. Oddly enough, though, I did see a small penis. Uh, and then Phoenix. Okay, how did they know it was you? <laughs> well, I guess some things are obvious. I think they may be talking to the narrator and calling the narrator oh, Dicer. Oh, I got you. Okay, that makes sense. Could that be. Sense. I don't know. Uh, okay. Phoenix says, I don't know what you're talking about. The last time we saw that picture, it was Cousin It with giant oven mitts and a tiny penis. And I just <laughs> love that people are carrying on the joke uh it's one of my favorite things it, oh my god it was really when i saw your script and how many you had written on the, the the poster and then i had written several i was like okay this is this is fun and yours didn't have the tiny penis stuff in it but i thought that was a fun part of the running gag yeah. because you know rorschach tests obviously are supposed to be subliminally what you're thinking about and I'm so sorry. the idea of yours it yours didn't have the tiny penis in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's that's actually that's true <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, what about you, Jonathan? Um, well, I had the six negative sins when I thought that was really funny. The only other one I had was uh, fuzzy striped tail on the office video said, just like marriages, about 20% of Nebraska's grain output ultimately becomes toast. <laughs> that's great. And that's a combination. Those are some of my favorite comments too, where they combine like four or five sins into one like yeah. cohesive sentence, <laughs> you know, because that's talking about, uh, you know, I think we compare something in that video, like going, like walking to Nebraska to get our own grain, to make our own bread. Yeah. Yeah. or something like that yeah <laughs> so yeah fun stuff Danae what about you um I actually wrote down several of the Rorschach ones so uh you snagged those the only one that um well one of the ones that you didn't mention there was a comment like when you spend that much time trying to send a poster in professor's office you know the actual show is good <laughs> right and that's that's true sometimes we have to find something kind of fun to run on because 
the show is pretty solid. Um, although I think you probably know I disagree with you <laughs> after our comments. Uh, but then like further down the line, there's multiple replies and such. But then further down the line, Don't Mind Me says, um, I never saw a lobster. I see Star Wars vehicle with a penis. <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm just going to tack another one on. We also got some tweets this week. Um, at Jess Met said, question, when I think of at Denise says as a character in her teenage days, I think of Wednesday Adams, which I find to be really fascinating. Um, he says, what would each of you think would apply to the others on the show as a teenager? So like an example would be Aaron as Amanda Bynes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Fair enough. Mine's weird too. I don't remember what mine was. And Jonathan as Michael Sarah, super bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. So I just think we don't have to answer that question, but I just find it amazing to think like what people uh think of our characters from our show kind of showing up in real life so what, i just wanted like to point what, out that. Um, amanda binds from what i, I don't know it's the all. amanda show maybe i'm, I'm guessing know. i'm guessing because you're very like uh g-rated <laughs> could be i will tell you that's some more feedback we're getting uh email wise too we've gotten two emails in the last week maybe we will address this at some point i didn't have i don't have a prep for today but People are specifically emailing and asking, does Aaron actually swear when he records the the videos? Like, they want oh. the audio released. And I'm just like, like, either way, like, one of them was like, either way, I want to hear that audio. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk about that someday. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, I did write down a couple of alts. So um, seeing somebody said on the Shawshank, uh, Sinisk. Koss said, seeing as you send Shawshank, I was naive to think you wouldn't send Community. Um, and then Kelly Hill says, the fact that you're sending Community proves that this is the darkest timeline. <laughs> really yeah, I think people. you're hearing, I, that's got to be uh, one of those weird things, right? When it's something you hate so much and you're kind of seeing that fandom pop up and yeah. just be like, you know, we okay. love this show. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's great. But I think, don't think Michael Sarah, that's a very cool person, but like, I think he's too cool for me though. And I think he's too much of a <laughs> No. I think he's. I think he actually wanted to go to part. Like he wanted to go to the parties. Like I. Like I'm more like Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like I'd rather just stay at home, not have to talk to anybody, and just say I'm sick. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I think that was more good. me. Um, Michael Sierra is a little too exciting for me. Yeah. My my younger sister will tell you that she thought I was uh, a hermit uh, for mm. a couple years. Um, <laughs> Well, everybody who knows me will tell you I am a hermit. So, mm-hmm. oh, I've definitely become one. Yeah, so uh, welcome. Corona helped, but yeah. it was just getting me to where I was going. So, Cor- Corona gave you the excuse. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, I would go out. I would go do all these things with you guys, but you That's know, right. virus. It's just Corona. Sorry. Uh, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Uh, let's see. Jonathan, I think you should kick this one off. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been watching several random things this past week. But I guess I'll, I'll talk about Perry Mason. Uh, I kind of wanted to wait. I don't know. I, I'll go ahead and start talking about Perry Mason. Th- this was a weird show for me. Have you been watching this, by the way, Aaron? I have not. Uh, okay. And I don't really have any desire to based on the feedback I'm hearing. Okay. Um, so Perry Mason, the, the original series, is one of my all-time favorite shows. 
Uh, I've read every single book that Earl Stanley Gardner wrote, which I don't know, it's like 60 or something. I've read some of them several times. Um, I read those when I was younger. And so I, mean, I, I love the property. Like I'm a huge fan of the property. Uh, so I was really interested in seeing this. And granted, it's set, you know, it, it, I mean, I don't really care. Like I don't really care that much about how you do adaptations. But like Jeremy and I both talked about this on Twitter. It is weird that he doesn't really feel like Perry Mason. But with that being said, the first couple episodes were basically setting everything up. And then the third episode is where everything kind of kicked into gear. And uh, I am on board. It, it, it was the third episode was just outstanding. Um, it's really dark. Like it is really dark, which um, is what I'm, which is what I was mentioning about feedback. And I will and... say the third episode, there's a little more, like I would say there's a little more levity involved, but like, first off the main mystery involves child murder and not only child murder, but baby murder um, and a kidnapping gone wrong and that kind of thing. Um, and you find that out about five minutes into the pilot. So I'm not giving anything away. Um, he's not a lawyer yet. He's a, he's a private detective working for a lawyer played very well by John Lithgow. This cast is amazing, by the way. Uh, I love Matthew Rise or Reese. I don't really know how you mm -hmm. pronounce his last name, yeah. but um, I didn't watch The Americans, but I did see um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Loved him in that. Mm -hmm. And he's just as good in this. Like he's, I just don't, he just doesn't really feel like Perry Mason. I mean, that's the only thing I can say about it, but it's called Perry Mason. So it is what it is. And it's, it's still a really good show. The mystery itself, like the case itself is really interesting and they've already taken it in a few different directions. Um, and so it, I'm really curious to see where it goes. I guess there is a bit of a caveat here because I don't know how this ends. I don't know where it's going to lead. Um, but the acting's amazing. The look of the show is great. Um, it's got that like uh, that 40s like film noirish kind of feel to it. It's it's basically it's LA noir. Um, I I love the performances. I love the I love the subject. I love how like I was talking about earlier how there's a really interesting thing where like Della Street, um, who's like obviously a character from the series, is Perry Mason's like assistant. But in this, she's John Lithgow's at least now. Um, and they're having a lot. There's 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 really interesting scenes about how she's kind of trying to be like this really strong uh, female in this in this world that is very much male dominated. You know, in the time period, and uh, they they mess with that a lot it feels very relevant to today just the the things that she's having to deal with and one of their clients is also female and so they're having to um there's a lot of stuff there and then also the police stuff feels very relevant the way the police are handling the case and the way they're just they just want to suspect and they don't mm -hmm. care about anything else yeah so it's really interesting that all that stuff's in there and there's also a virus and no, i'm just kidding there's not a virus <laughs> But um, it has uh, everything. But no, yeah, but no, I really like it. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm very much intrigued. Like I said, the three episode rule. The third episode really got my attention, and uh, I'm definitely gonna stick around and 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 see where it goes. And uh, but at the same time, I don't know if I can fully recommend it because, like I said, it could, you know, it could go down a hill that's not good. Sure. Uh, but as much as I can tell, it, it's a, it's a recommend for me. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to want to invest in a darker show right now. It's not going to be the you. case forever, and maybe I'll come back to this uh, at some point. But I just find my like I'm more likely right now to pick up watching Cannonball than I am Perry Mason. No, you no, know no. What I, you know what I, I mean? I I'm just you. like I want I want fluff. I want to just laugh. I want to you know I, I for whatever reason. I mean I think we can all well, assume the reasons, but you know I, that's the kind of stuff I'm drawn to right now. 
and there there is something about like the way like i i don't really know why like it had to be made this way like it did but but that's just what they chose to do so sure. there's nothing i can you know no, I, sure. I mean i've just got to go with what i'm watching but i do wonder like especially in the second episode because it's like you've already got like a baby was killed which is fine i mean that if that's the, no it's not the case, it, it's not fine no, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying story-wise. I, I know, I'm just kidding. If that's the if that's the case that you want to present, okay. Um, but then there's like they add on to it though. Like Mason has to be like he has to be like so depressed, and mm-hmm, he's got yeah. this backstory that's just awful and horrendous. And it's like you know, does do we ha- can can nothing be like nice in this world? And there uh, is, but then they kind of find a balance in the third episode. Of, sure, I guess there yeah. and there is a difference for me. And I think I'm just realizing this between television and movies where I I will gladly sit down and watch a darker movie right now. Yeah. And I think the reason is I know I'm getting told a story that's going to end in an hour and a half to two hours, maybe yeah, a little over two hours. Sure. And with a TV show, there's no end in sight to the darkness. It's like if I'm going to stick with it every week where I subject myself to this. You know, so there's yeah, you got at least 10 episodes or whatever. Right. Or yeah. And it's just like, I, just, I don't know I, that I want to. I assume it's going it. to keep going. Apparently, it's yeah. it's doing really well for them. So, so but, yeah, uh, a little explanation, and that's it's probably great, and I will keep it on mm-hmm. in my brain. But, um, but it is weird. Like I fight that whole like when you have an IP that's that close to you keep it that close to like it's such a it's such a like I mean like Perry Mason is a is part of my pop cultural makeup, right? You know, like it's like Perry Mason and Spider Man and you know uh, Columbo or whatever. But I mean, if you go back and you think about the things that have like you've stuck with for most of your life and so it's really weird this you know it's kind of that like this doesn't feel like my perry mason but 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 that's but it's fine i mean you know i just feel like everything i don't know i that's a whole other subject matter but i do wonder sometimes if we can't just like is it possible to make something that's just light and and fun (laughs) anymore i mean i guess beautiful day in the neighborhood kind of does that but at the same time really it's yeah Yeah. it tackles something i don't know yeah, no, it's 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 definitely an interesting. Even cartoons time. are like dark now, right? Like <laughs> even stuff like Adventure Time and stuff like that, where it's funny, but at the same time, it's there's I don't know, it's just it's weird to me. Like that's I just, why I navigate. That's I feel why like I, everybody's unhappy these days. Yeah, <laughs> they're showing it. <laughs> that's why I uh, I I kind of find myself heading towards reality television because it's just such fluff and it's I meaningless know, and I'm just. I look so much forward to Jeopardy every day. Right, I'm like so excited to watch Jeopardy. It's and they're doing reruns right now. Like I'm rewatching the Tournament of Champions because I just, yeah. I have to have it. Yep. Uh, I'm going to talk about a show on Hulu that just released its second season. I hadn't seen the first season until I binged both the first and second season uh, over the last week. Uh, And that is Raimi, uh, R-A-M-Y. It is created by the comedian, the stand-up Raimi Youssef, um, who I don't know if you've seen his HBO special. Uh, He's really funny, and he incorporates a lot of his humor into this show. It's very similar um, to what people... Holmes did with his show mm-hmm. um which uh crashing um on mm-hmm. hbo and the difference is whereas crashing was about how pete holmes kind of navigated through his christian upbringing uh this is about Ramy navigating through his muslim uh upbringing and it is so good and it, it has 
humor in it. It's funny. But more than anything, this ticks that box for me of worlds that I haven't lived in that I am curious about, that I want to know. What is it What is it like to grow up Muslim? You know, what is it like to uh, have your parents have uh, immigrated from Egypt, but you've grown up in the U.S., you know, your whole life? Uh, what is the difference, be, you know, between coming from Egypt or, you know, coming from uh, Iraq or Iran or Saudi Arabia and the differences, you know, because we have this tendency as humans to categorize people racially based on the color of their skin or their accent or those kind of things instead of treating them as individual humans who have gone through individual stories and this is just one of those shows where it's like you get to experience somebody's individual story and what it has meant and what's beautiful about this show in both season one and season two is it's not just about him these episodes take time to be about other members of the family what what was it like for his sister you know during this time what about his mom you know there's this great episode where his mom decides to be a lift driver and just the the misunderstandings and the miscommunications and you know she misgenders somebody but doesn't understand you know necessarily what she's doing and i i found it so thought-provoking and also uh humorous you know i was smiling Mm -hmm. as many times as i was you know being provoked and then it has this other edge to it where his character keeps finding himself the show does an amazing job of him finding himself in these situations where you understand how he got there and at the same time he is he has kind of really messed things up so it's that thing Mm -hmm. of oh i get how you landed there but you have screwed this up big time and it just does it to his character over and over and over again and it's it's a it's comedy of errors but it's also deeper than that i i Hmm. just i this show kind of blew me away so um yeah i've heard only great stuff about it i haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet but it's on my radar for sure i i feel so much it it reminds me of the first time i watched uh the first season of dear white people where it took me into the black experience in a way that i had i had never felt like i was truly led into see the story of Mm -hmm. what it's like to be a you know black person who grew up like this or you know an african-american who grew up like this or you know whatever the case may be and so I just I I really love that let me see the world through your lens kind of entertainment and uh, uh, Rami uh, Youssef does that really really well so uh, huge recommend two seasons 10 episodes each season 26 minute episodes you know so you're dealing with a a I'm sorry that's on Hulu that is on Hulu correct okay Yep. So that's Rami. What about you, Danae? Cool. Um, I've actually... So I'm going to talk about another uh, Netflix cartoon because once I binged Kipo, uh, another one popped up that was recommended, but I haven't finished it yet. So I don't really have like... Well, Kipo's not done technically. You know, they're releasing different seasons, but the Dragon Prince pr- popped up for me. And because of the D&D lovers out there, um, those of us who are like the adventuring type, this one... I can completely understand why it was recommended. Um, it it has the whole vibe of an adventure party. You know, you've got magic and elves and this kind of thing. I I don't know that on the first episode I was like, ooh, this is for me. Um, but I'm now kind of making my way through the first season. There are currently three seasons out of The Dragon Prince. I don't know if I told you the title of the show. I apologize. I'm kind of spaced in here. We've been recording for 700 years. So, um, I'm <laughs> It is con- up in this bitch. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, it's like a so it's like a fantasy TV show in this magical land of Zadia. Uh, there's like these six 
sources of ma- magic and there's another source that comes up that creates a seventh source of dark magic and there's the humans that have become separated from like the more magical creatures like the elves and so now there's some assumptions that the elves are evil uh so we, we kind of like pick up in the middle of the story and in, in the first i'm, I'm going to tell you strongly i think the first episode leans really really heavy into exposition and just like lore dumps on you like i haven't really felt before in a way that i'm like okay that's a little bit much and maybe it's because i listen to a lot of D podcasts and i can only have so many lore fantastical stories in my mm. brain at one time like i cannot keep up with all of the different stories and the magical places and the magical names of the magical people are they so, like 20 minute episodes are they like short episodes or are they longer um, great question don't know <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, most cartoons probably are like 30 minutes, most anime yeah, shows. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're extremely long. Um, but the thing that I kind of felt myself getting pulled back into is the style of the like the artistry of this mm-hmm. one. And then I just started doing a little bit of research on it. Uh, the head writer was an avatar writer. So there's just some people that are involved, I think, from a story perspective that have obviously written really great material before. And so um, I think that's another reason why this one's kind of gaining in popularity or has been popular. Um, so the the artistry is really interesting. You can really see how they're using CGI. It's similar to Kipo, actually, in a lot of the action sequences it's so much like easier for your eye to kind of follow around in the action because they're usually using cgi to their to their advantage but it still has a beautifully like animated drawing quality to it you know kipo is similar the lines are just really sharp your eye can really focus on stuff whereas you know you kind of watch avatar for example and any of the older cartoons and it's all hand drawn and really choppy Mm -hmm. um, because technology has changed and shifted so it's really interesting for me to be getting into like new cgi cartoon world i guess um but i really started to get excited whenever they introduced a character in one of the most recent episodes that i followed who is deaf and speaks in sign language and i thought that was a really unique addition to a story Mm -hmm. that i haven't seen before and because they are using cgi you can actually make out if you know american sign language you can make out what this character is saying and there is a person who's translating which I super found my city brain sinning. Like if everybody around you speaks sign language, <laughs> nobody would need to have an interpreter. But if obviously that's for us who's watching and I appreciated it because I don't know American sign language. But then there's this moment where uh, this character goes and sort of kneels and is like praying. And the entire thing is just her speaking sign language. There's no interpreter <sighs> at all. And so I found that to be a really powerful moment. I think it's brave to show a character like this in a series. And so, um, and then like the adventure is kind of kicking in right now. So I don't have so much of a lore dump as I have like, okay, this is going somewhere. Uh, and I think I'll keep watching it. It's for me more of a background show or Kipo. I was like a hundred percent paying attention. Right. This is more of a background show, but uh, I, I like, I, I don't know. I, I like it. I like kind of the idea. I think sometimes there's a little bit of things that are distracting about it that I wasn't a hundred percent sure I was going to enjoy that I might be liking now. So I might touch back on this one as I watch all three seasons, which I'm sure I will do. And it looks like there's more seasons coming. Uh, and and it's obvious, like I looked at the season list and I was like, Oh, they're calling the, the seasons books. 
which is the the same thing that Last Airbender do. Yes. So it's like book mm-hmm. one, book two, book three, mm-hmm. nine chapters in each book. It looks like, and the episodes are about uh, thirty minutes, twenty five to thirty minutes. So um, yeah, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I really like that. And then just a super quick mention uh, for those of you guys who are enjoying. Uh, the web comics i did find another one that has 23 episodes so it's a really quick binge it's called the red king on webtoons and the art is magnificent and the story is really intriguing and a little dark so uh, i know that there's several um bts fans who will reach out to me and say that they really enjoyed the web comics so i thought i would just throw that one out there i'm cool. really liking getting caught up on this one i mean i'm now i'm caught up so i'm kind of bummed because i have to wait for the next one to come out but uh, wow, there are some incredible artists out there. And it just blows my mind that this is free content that you can just go and, and right. read in webcomic format rather than, you know, watching a show. So uh, it's called, that one's called The Red King by Helene, Helena or Helen. I'm not sure. So Very nice. I, I have to mention this. Usually I would just let it go if I forgot to mention something, but I think this is extremely important about uh, Raimi. Uh, is the second season a Mahershala, uh, Mahershala Ali, two-time Oscar winner, mm-hmm. Mahershala Ali uh, stars in the second season. So uh, that's oh. a big deal, and he's incredible in it. So uh, I just thought God, I'd... He is a two-time Oscar winner. Yeah, yeah. Watch he's... that dude on the 4400. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so crazy when you think... Well, that's like that's like a Bradley Whitford. Not Bradley Whitford. Uh... Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. You know, he was on Alias... Uh, right. And, uh, you know, that yeah. was the first time I ever saw him. And it's like, how do you win Oscars? <laughs> or he's been nominated. I was going to say, has he won any yet? I no, know. but he was nominated like three years in a row. Yeah. Like something crazy like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, anyway. American that... Hustle, American Sniper Run. Ooh, ooh. I'll do it too, Aaron. I yeah, forgot to it. mention something too. Do it, do it, do it. It's really important. <laughs> is it a two time Oscar winner? No. Oh, that's I, not important. I wanted to What's mention... in the show? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention on um, the, the Dragon Prince um, or the show on Netflix. One of the main characters is uh, the voice is Paula Burroughs, who is a Scottish-born, Canadian-raised, Leo Award-winning actress based in Vancouver. Um, so she is has a Scottish accent. And at first I thought it was like fake and I was getting annoyed by it. But that's one of the things that I like about it is that it's growing on me because she is scottish born so um (laughs) and i (laughs) it's not someone just trying it's actually someone who has the accent because i was like oh no no this is right because at first you know sometimes it's like you can't tell someone's forcing it but no 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 no. this is right this is right and i love hearing that uniqueness yeah Uh, and there and there was an interview where with um her mother and her mother said that she's glad that she's quote finally talking properly (laughs) 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 so i thought that was kind of fun (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I forgot, I forgot about mine. Did <laughs> do I it, mention, do it, do it. did I mention baby murder? I don't know <laughs> yes. Oh, she's Louise. A couple times. Mother I like Mary. how Aaron could totally like create narratives with sound bites from both of us that would like destroy us. Like he could just do that baby murder. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I actually said that even though I was talking about story, but he could easily put that over here. Oh yeah. Oh, Danae yeah. would be talking about a small penis. And- uh, listen, last week during the editing, there's a nice clear take. We were talking about why the uh, office got advertiser unfriendly. And there's a yeah. nice clear take of Jonathan <laughs> saying Heil Hitler. So, you know, yeah. there's always <laughs> there's always oh, something. No. <laughs> I think it was you, wasn't it, that said it? Was it oh, me? no. Oh, no. No, it was you. It was me. You, you, you said, I think... 
I think um, I think Michael Scott said Heil Hitler or something like that. I was like, oh, I could just I could just cut that right out. Now I now I have oh me too. Now I have one for me too. Now now it's just gonna be yeah. There you go. It's just gonna be like Danae's like small penises and then Jonathan <laughs> saying baby murder. It's fine. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we really should just spend the next five minutes thanking Aaron for his hard work with the editing yes, to try to make us you. sound like great people instead of assholes. Uh, it's not that hard. You guys are amazing. Um, it's not that hard, by the way, the name of my uh, porn video. That's going to wrap oh, it up wow. for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure that you're subscribed and go ahead and yeah. leave a comment or rating as well. Hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan, I was waiting for him to spell. Sorry. So for Jonathan Watkins. I've, ne- I've never done that nope, in 54 never, episodes. Never once, but, but sure. I was waiting for it. S-A-M-L-O-O-M-I-S-13. So for Jonathan Watkins, today, Hughes and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. Connect with the team because they're waiting on me. I love you, the chickens poop. Oh man, I've been panicking for like five minutes, but I figured it out. It was fine. <laughs> okay. My board wasn't working. Ooh. But it turns out it has to be plugged in, so. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sexy things, here's Jonathan Watkins. Yeah. Fresh out of a shower. Nice. I'm going to go grab some more to drink. I'll be right back. I'm going to take a bet. I'm guessing he's going to grab a soda. What do you think? I think you're correct. I. <sighs> it's about it's a safe sh- bet. Sure is that you've got a half and half cut tea with light ice. That's uh, it's about oh, as shit. sure thing as possible. Oh, shit. I have three drinks in here. <laughs> I've got coffee, half and half tea, light ice, and... Look at this one, Aaron. That's water. That's the good <gasps> stuff right there. I've got my gallon jug. Hell yeah. Of liquid life. All right. What'd you get to drink, Jonathan? Uh, Diet Dr. Pepper. Yes. Big surprise. We're also very predictable in our beverage choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, well, I mean, and, and, you know, and it's better that at least I don't have like a beer in my hand 99% of the time or something. <laughs> and I mean, I'm probably addicted to movies, but I get paid to watch them. So whatever. <laughs> I'm addicted to my job. <laughs> you know what? I want to go back and watch Butterfly Effect again. I do too because Chris because Chris actually did because of we were doing their interview. Chris is really good about going back and watching everything, whoever you're interviewing. Um, and he made me want to watch it again. I mean, I remember liking it, but I, I do don't, too. You know, I, I just don't remember much about it. Yeah, the, it's so weird because I vaguely remember liking it, but it's it's been so long that it, I also feel like maybe I was like, well, um, you know, this is forgettable, and obviously it is because I've forgotten it. But the, I was watching a scene for an outtake, like I was looking for a certain outtake, and I was like, I think there's something in Butterfly Effect. So I was watching some of the the mm-hmm. scenes, and I was like, is this movie better than I remember it? Because I'm watching these scenes, going, I love this concept. Like I think this is really interesting. And mm-hmm. So it kind of made me want to go revisit. Butterfly yeah. effect. The problem with going back and watching Butterfly Effect is I'm not sure how that choice is going to affect the rest of my life, and <laughs> I just I'm just worried uh, about the ramifications. Uh, so much has happened that I'm excited to tell you guys. Go about. for I it. Love We're excited to, to hear it. 
Does it have to do with s- singing the entirety of a Disney theme song <laughs> in the uh, outtakes? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did not expect that. I I had my microphone on and I was running around my room just being stupid preparing for the show. Uh-huh. So that was fun. Well, it was it was so good that I had to to go old school hidden track on it where it wasn't even <laughs> technically an outtake. It was like after the if outtakes were listening. over if you keep listening it's there. Um so a lot of people don't remember those hidden tracks on CDs. I mean CDs are like ancient now, but Oh, and they were so much fun. <laughs> the, the CD would end and then just like, you know, yeah. 20 seconds later something would start playing. Yeah, Stone Temple Pilots Purple is my all-time favorite one. The the hidden track on that album is yeah. just amazing. My favorite hidden track was uh Johnny Q Public, I believe was the band's name. One of my favorite bands that a lot of people haven't heard of. The Sounds hit- familiar, but I'm trying to I know I, I think there are many reasons I, I love them, but uh, and I think they only did the one album. But anyway, they better than Smallfoot. <laughs> Smallfoot, <laughs> yeah, Smallfoot, yes, exactly. No, there's this uh, there's this hidden track on the Johnny Q Public album that is before the first track. You have to rewind after you start playing to get to it. Like the CD starts at track number That's one. Too much work. It is it is ridiculous. But if you rewind, there's like a hidden track before track one. How I would you even accidentally find that? I don't like, know. I don't know. How is that even possible? Like, because it starts at zero, right? Like, oh, I guess it starts at the track, so it's before right. the track. Right, I got it's you. the track marking. I, yeah, I forget that's how things work. They're usually not like a block of forty-five minutes. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. It's not a tape. It's a CD. A Nirvana would do that. Like, it'd be like thirty minutes later, and then sometimes it would just be like a sound. It would just be like. <laughs> at that point, you're just. It'd trolling. be like something Danae would do, and then like, <laughs> and then like twenty minutes later, it'd be like. Rah, rah, rah. My mom watched Hamilton and um, they came over to the house last weekend and she could not stop singing. I don't I don't know what I've never seen Hamilton. Oh, is that not something hate, you're interested in? Hate me if you want. I've never listened nobody to the hates, soundtrack. Nobody hates why you. Would, why you would you want. get hated? Oh, people love Hamilton. Well, yeah, but but it's but, like the Titanic all over again. <laughs> People judge you for this stuff. I mean, it's like it's like how could you not watch Hamilton? But then I was listening to this podcast. Uh, I think it's called like Ready Player Two or something. And their most recent, I haven't listened to it. New player has joined is what it's called. I literally have maybe listened to twenty minutes of this podcast ever. It was recommended to me, mm-hmm. and they talk about that they are not Hamilton fans and how much like vitriol they get for it. That's I'm over ridiculous. here just nodding in my car. I am afraid to tell people I haven't seen it. I but fear those are two different I, things. Yeah, they saw it and didn't it. like it, which is also fine. Uh, which no, is also that's fine. Not, that's not true. That's not true. Oh, okay, they, okay. Like, yeah, uh, but they were like in New York when the whole Hamilton thing exploded. Oh, and so they yeah, talk yeah. about their whole experience. And I'm just like, that is what it feels like. It feels like to me, like it's such a huge thing. But now it's available to the masses. And so everybody, it's like a resurgence of the Hamilton thing mm-hmm. again. But it's available to everyone. And so everyone who couldn't afford the really expensive tickets to go or whatever are now able to, you know, experience it in their homes. Like most of us, we didn't get to see the OG cast when we saw right. it live. Sure, so yeah. We get to so, see the original cast, which is also yeah. awesome. And it's fun to compare, so, yeah. like, who was better? <laughs> you know, like... My mom... She could not stop singing it. And I love it, of course. I lo- we're a musical-style family. We love singing, if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, she was really excited about it. Um, she really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I, I, would like to, I would like to feel the desire to watch it. But you haven't yet, which is fine. But I haven't. 
if you ever do feel the desire to see it and you want to see it on a big screen with great sound, just let me know. Oh, we'll have a don't screening. Even say, don't even say it. What? It's not going to happen. What? I, I don't. I'm never coming over to your house again. COVID, man. It's just. Yeah. yeah? You feeling that way? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being silly. Yes. No, I, I know that I'm welcome to your house to watch any show ever. Yep. For sure. Mm hmm. Totes. I'll just be I'll I'll just be bringing over a, a, a dark sheet with little thumbtacks or like sticky or something, and then I'll just put it over the shark poster that's directly over the television. Yeah, we need to install a covering for my Finding ne my giant Finding Nemo poster that features Bruce the shark. <laughs> and like only I have the remote control. I push the yeah, button and it just goes. It just, and like <laughs> no, better yet, we'll set up we'll set it up to since your smartphone. And then, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. when you're a few few miles mm -hmm. away, it'll automatically, you know, so that it's all down by the time you get there. I like this. This is a good idea. This is a good plan. <laughs> so I want to show you guys something. This is, oh. a, this is a drawing. Can you see it? Oh. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's like a cross through the middle of it. Mm -hmm. but, but do you see the shape? My daughter asked my Yeah, my daughter asked me to draw her a picture of Tad Towel, which is... Uh, Last year, I think it was, we went to the fair for the first time as a family, and she got a little mug with a giraffe on it. She got a little green bear, like the cheapest green bear you've ever seen, little green bear, uh, and then also got a little rubber duck, like a red rubber duck with a number three on it. She loves those things. She has kept track of them, except for about a month and a half to two months ago, we lost the bear that she named Tad Towel. So yesterday, or the day before, she comes up and she's like, Mom... Will you please draw me a picture of Tad Towel because I miss him so much. Aww. So I drew this picture of him and she picked up the photo and she pressed it to her heart and she says, oh, I miss you. I hope we find you someday. And then she took a pen and she drew an X over him and said, but you're probably gone forever. <laughs> wow. There, she has so many other toys that she could play with, but this particular one, she can't forget. Yeah. She, she, and she even remembers when she got him, which has been quite some time ago now. It's been a year. And she's like, Tatao, we, we got him at the fair. And so my husband is planning on going to the fair by himself, all masked up, to go directly to that booth to see if they still have those little cheap green bears. I did find, I did find a bear that's very, very similar. But it's about six inches taller, and I've mm -hmm. thought about purchasing it and saying, look, he grew up. <laughs> he went on an adventure, and he grew up, and now he's back home. <laughs> but but I also would have to purchase, like, 20 other bears to get it because <laughs> it's like a bulk. We as human beings are so susceptible to the idea of uh, conspiracy. We're so susceptible yeah. to conspiracy theories. It's crazy how much we want to believe that there's, and you know why it is? Because we know we don't know everything. We know internally that oh, we absolutely. we don't have all the information. And so if that's the case, then we can believe this other thing because what do I know? You know, it's just, man, it's, it's I'll tell you what I know. What do you know? I know that I'm really, really sad that Jonathan didn't follow through and come clean my car. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Just, I just wanted to point that out. Oh my God, my husband and I listened to the outtakes. We, I, I made him listen to the part where he like ratted out the whole like hungover during our wedding mm -hmm. thing, and he was just like, "Oh, geez, here we go." <laughs> I just wanted him to hear it to know that I had yeah. blasted it out to the yeah. world where he was like, well, that's that. And then um, we listened to the outtakes together because that's, well, let's just be honest. It's the only part of the show he listens to. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Hughes. Um, anyway, there was the whole conversation about the car. 
I think my husband is a huge Jonathan fan because everything you said, he was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like whenever you said, or you can just throw the trash away. <laughs> Justin was like, thank you. Because he is super clean. He well, is, he could he... throw the trash away. <laughs> uh, later on, I, re- I remembered that inside one of those inside one of those bags was a cookie that I had got that I hadn't eaten yet because I wasn't quite done yet. Super viable cookie. So I made him go like fish it out of the trash. Oh, did you eat a trash cookie? (laughs) I ate a trash cookie. Yay! Good job. Let's let's talk about it. It went into the trash for not that long. Uh Of course. And it didn't touch anything else. It was in its own sealed container inside of two bags in the trash. So it wasn't like it was just a free trash this, cookie. This feels like I'm having deja vu of that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids conversation now where Chris and I were like, no to yard cookies. And Danae was like, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, my wife and I were listening uh, to the outtakes as I was editing them. And we were early in the conversation about your car habits. And she looks at me and she goes, is this the car we're buying? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm ex- I'm the other extreme. Though. Like, I'm, my wife and I are both like the day the the sell by date on anything, it's gone. If we haven't finished it, is gone. Um, yeah. Sometimes like fruit or something, if it's been in the refrigerator, like I'll I'll taste test it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like bread, milk, donuts, or bagels, man, they're they're trashed. What a waste. It- it, it probably is. It probably is. But psychologically, no, I, I like, don't blame you. It, I don't blame you. I'm just different. Us. I, for me, like yeah. I, a lot of people are like milk, especially milk is one of those. There's no danger yeah. in spoiled milk. You cannot get sick from drinking spoiled milk. It's pasteurized. There's no. It, no, danger. that's a psychological thing. It's just gross. It's like the thought of it is right. just too gross. If it tastes yeah. bad, yeah, I don't want to drink if it. If it but smells I'm, bad, I'm I'm done. You, I don't now, smell now you it. can be get tricky. Sick. You're not gonna like. You're not gonna get. Like you could get sick in the sense that you could throw up. Oh, you're not right. gonna get yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're not gonna die. Yeah, if you took a bite out of curdled milk, yeah, you probably aren't gonna keep that down. Gross! But- <laughs> no. God. Now I'm thinking about cottage cheese. Speaking of alarms, my internal alarm for we best get on the show just went off. So I always think when we start talking, I'm always like, Okay, I'm gonna get on there, I'm just gonna just gonna be quiet and we'll just get started and then we always find stuff to talk about, which is good. We're friends. No, you, you no kidding. The uh, if you'll notice last week's outtakes, there's an outtake towards the middle of the outtakes where I say that's what I'm known for is uh, let's let's get going. And the corralling. Corralling. <laughs> and then there's another 15 minutes of outtakes. So that gives you some sense of how, <laughs> how hard it is to crawl. <laughs> Danae, do you really have a toilet story that you need to tell before we get started? I will give you one toilet story. Nope. She's good. Let's move on. I think I could tell a toilet story that happened that I do find funny that won't trigger Jonathan. Oh, that's perfect. I was actually kidding, but I think I have one. So every Thursday... I have you do your weekly administ- poop. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're trying not to trigger Jonathan. Stop no, it. You're fine. No, tell the story. I'm good. So every Thursday, I have a video conference call with my boss about all the administrative stuff for CinemaSins. And so I was in the bathroom and I was really, really, really tired. So I leaned forward and I have this like portable uh, shelf that has our um, towels on it. 
and I just mm. rested my head on the towel. And so when I went to my meeting, I literally had my half of my forehead was this red splotch with like indentation of towel on it. So when I sat down for my meeting, I was so self-conscious that it's just like that he was going to be like that Barrett was going to say, Danae, what the fuck is wrong with your forehead? And I'd have to be like, well, I was I was in the bathroom and I got tired. So I just took a little brief toilet nap. I got a bad case of fabric face. Great. <sighs> I enjoy I enjoy watching people tell their pet stories because I don't have any anymore. I don't want any, so it's I'll just live vicariously through other people, and then I won't have to worry about. It. Yeah, when he put up, I can go on six... vacation without getting a sitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all been confirmation to me that I'm living my best life. <laughs> like... Oh my god! The first time we went on a trip after our last dog had passed away, and I was just like, I, I, I don't have to like call the vet, and make sure they have space, yep. and, you know, take them in shifts to the vet, and all, you know, like then go pick them up when we get home. And it's totally worth having. It's totally worth having a pet. It's totally worth. No, it. no, just... it's not. It, it's been totally. <laughs> <it's... laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad I experienced that. Sure, sure. I'm... No, I get yeah. it. I get it. I'm just telling you, it's it's not only been confirmation that I'm glad we don't have pets anymore. It's been confirmation that I'm glad we never had a cat. Like, I have never understood cats. And the more I watch Jeremy with his, I'm just like, I, this would not have been fun to me in the least. Sorry. I'm sorry. Hi, Danae's dogs. Yeah, see, having pets. Having pets, man. It's the worst. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 